Hello, all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And I'm Chuck. And I am Lee. And this week, we are going to be discussing the 2014 film Days of Future Past, directed by Brian Singer, starring Hugh Jackman, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Ali Berry, Anna Paquin, Elliot Page, Peter Dinklage, Ian McLennan, and Patrick Stewart. It's Elliot Page. I said Elliot. He, he did say he did. Oh, say you did say that, the but originally but it was I'm, Ellen. I'm con- but, but I'm confused. So at the time, it was Ellen Page. Yes. So, but now she things changed have changed. Name. Yeah, okay. And I, lo- and I love well, how Anna- at, at the time, at the when the movie came out, it was still Ellen. And I love how Anna Paquin is a star in this movie when she was in it for ten seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you know, walk down the hall with Bobby, and yeah, there we well, go. Well, okay, so um, well then again, oh Kelsey Grammer, who else can we put in there? James Marsden, um, who else? So so right <laughs> off the bat, I know that I watch a different version of the two of you. I watched the road cut. Oh right. Another one of you saw that one? Uh, no. Chuck, no? Nope. I've seen it, just I didn't watch it this time. Okay. I um, did not. No that's, that's perfectly fine. So, full disclaimer up in the front. I am going to be unabashedly biased when talking about this film. This is my favorite superhero movie, bar none. I put this leaps and abounds beyond what Dark Knight was able to accomplish at this time. This is... To me, this movie is fantastic from top to bottom. Is it perfect? By no means is it perfect. There are problems that I'm certainly going to um, pick at. But before we even get started, um, we were talking a little bit off mic, off camera. And um, yeah, Chuck wanted to... uh... (laughs) What's up, man? So don't get me wrong. I love this movie. It's not my favorite superhero movie like yours. um, Which is fine. But I I love the movie. it. Uh, I have very, very mixed feelings about this movie. And here's the reason why. Without jumping too far ahead, I have a few questions. My first question, which we'll probably get into, is how the heck is Xavier even alive? He died in X-Men 3. Like, he, he didn't just die. He disappeared. No, no, no. Didn't he come back in some other dude's body or something? I don't like another, care. Like a John yeah, Doe. I that that's that's fine. Then, that's fine. How the heck is he, Patrick Stewart, then still in a wheelchair? Uh, well, because because his face just you know no, no, morphed no, no, morphed no, no, into no. His. no. And then and then at the end of X three, Magneto barely moves a chess piece, and then now all of a sudden he has full power back. I want to know well, that. Yeah, it comes over time. Okay, there has there has been no filler between the end of X three and this. Um, yeah, then, because there's this one very valid point that we still need to discuss. Okay, okay, you and the, I know where you're going with this, and the visuals <laughs> aren't going to work know here. Where I'm going with this. The visuals aren't going to work here, man, because we're doing a podcast. Nobody can see. That I understand that, hand. but Just you know my point. Come out, my point come out. is, I know, snicked, I know snicked. Why are they metal? So why are they metal? Anybody who's listened to our podcast about literally anything we've ever talked about, you brought this, this up before. This, this comes this comes up why as much as Batman Forever. Are, why? No, 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 no. no more. Okay, so much more. In in detail, please voice your contention with the adamantium clause problem. So I'm, the adamantium clause. So at the end of Wolver of the Wolverine, where he's in Japan, he gets yes. his adamantium clause chopped off. 
Yes. And all he has left at that point are bone claws. Yes. Because they grow back and they're bone claws. Yes. So how does he seem to have metal claws at this point in the timeline? So between so the because the wolf so at the end of the Wolverine they're basically leading up to this somehow but it's like right I don't know, so, like thirty so years answer, go by so to answer that question I did do some research on that specific question and even Brian Singer came in and said one of the things that they were trying to show via or based off of the comics is the adamantium was actually grafted into his bone structure and it was part. Mm. It was so much part of his skeletal structure that when they grew back, they actually the the adamantium grows back with the bone shortly afterwards. That is That's per comic. baloney. It's okay. in the comics. You, I I I am on board with Lee one hundred percent on this. However, I do have an answer. You're not gonna like it, but it's an answer. There's a deleted scene. No, it's Brian. <laughs> it's Brian Singer. He oh, left for how many films? Mm-hmm. Right. He d- he directed one, he directed two, and then he was gone. Yeah. And then he comes back for this film. Yeah. So I don't think I I I agree with you. There's a lot that was retconned, but I I that I think that's the that that's the most but, logical but, answer that we have. So it's here's, Brian, here's it's Brian Sig- Singer return to the franchise. So here's what I will have to say. So if you go back to Star Wars and the whole like tug of war between J.J. Abrams and it's Ryan a, Johnson, yes, they addressed it. They addressed everything. Everything they pooped all over, they addressed it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Hey, what about that time where she handed him a lightsaber and we thought this was a big deal? Nah, throw it off the cliff. Hey, what about the fact that he kind of had a relationship with that person? Well... There's, there's still good friends, and he walks over there and puts his hand on her shoulder for a second. Okay, what about this whole thing? I was wrong. Like, okay, they addressed all the stupid little things that were set up by the previous directors and said, well, change of heart, here's the thing. And they still addressed it to one point. Here, they just totally go, meh, and then move on from it. That's well, where I, will I have say, an issue. I will say the continuity throughout the entirety of the X-Men Oh no, saga. Let's say the X Men mm. universe um, <clears throat> is not. Um, it's not the strongest that I've seen. No, I mean, by no means. No. Patrick by no Stu- means Patrick, is it strong. Xavier goes from walking to paralyzed to walking to paralyzed to dead to alive. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how this happens. <laughs> and what was the cost, Will? What was the cost? There has to be a cost for resurrection, right? Listen, so what was the cost? There isn't any. There isn't so, any. So Probably a couple say, million. I did say that by no movies. means do I think that this franchise or this movie is perfect. I so, did say that. So, so here's, my other two, here's my other two really big eh with this movie. Meh. Elliot Page, who plays What's-Her-Name, he plays what's her name because he was she, you, you know, whatever. He was he was she, and now, she played yeah right. Now she, so now she's she he. says that when he goes back, as things change, when they change, Wolverine will be the only one that remembers it. So yep. here's my question: When he went back and met Xavier Charles Xavier for the first time in 1973, that automatically automatically changed the timeline. At that point in time, everything that was happening in the present should have stopped immediately. Well, well, there's a theory on this. They, and this is, what I, this is, this is where they actually let me let me let me go. They actually go into this in this film. 
And the mm-hmm. way that they the way that they explain this away is by saying, Hank, well, Hank when you wake up, up right? hang on, when you wake up, everything that you did will take hold. So they did right. kind of explain that entire thing away. Mm. In in this in this hang on in this franchise, that is the way the time travel works. Well, in this movie, that is the way the time travel works. It's a consciousness thing, and when you wake up, everything that you did takes hold. Oh no, this is butterfly effect to the to the fullest. Yes, um, it, it's exact. It's the exact same thing as butterfly effect. Just instead of it just happening spontaneously, she's creating it to happen. So if that's you know if that's their explanation, fine. I, I still, it's like okay, you go, you go back, you change one thing. That butterfly effect happens. They should never even been in that room in the first place, which means movie over. But you know what? It's in the movie, so well, they, they have would, to they do. Would it. Have, they would have, they would have been in the room because when he goes to sleep, things aren't going to take effect until he wakes up. But he never woke up until he was back in the present time in the school. Right, and that's where he wakes up. Uh, yeah. So yeah. this 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 is so, that, so, so hold on. We've, so here's my hold on. Here's my very last eh with the whole thing. Mind you, X Men was one of the outside of Batman and Superman <laughs> and Spider Man. X Men. I mean Spider Man. I mean you had these individual superheroes you know those three were the biggest ones throughout the throughout the the past couple decades until x-men came out and they brought all of these superheroes together into a movie and they've been around for a long time and they did a great job you had x-men one two three you had first class you had all these good movies all this stuff happens they write this movie and they effectively erase Every movie prior to that for this movie. For the right. most part, yes. Right. So, effectively, you could just watch from Days of Future Past to Apocalypse and never watch the first four movies and you'd be fine. No, you could watch First Class. First Class, Days of Future Past, and then the rest of them and skip one, two, and three. Yeah, then get really confused because somehow Mystique dies in Apocalypse, but then, like, that doesn't affect the future because she exists in the future. Wait, what? Okay. No, yeah. Apoc- no. None. None of it makes sense. I, I mean, here's the thing. Apocalypse doesn't I, exist. I, I have watched Apocalypse. I want to say maybe four times. I still don't remember it. I remember that Oscar Isaac was in it. Good for him. Um. And I. And I. I'm pretty sure that's the one where Mystique dies. And I yes. went. But. But how? What? What? Huh? No. That. She can't though. This is before. Oh wait. Right. Time travel. So we're just poo-pooing all over everything. So basically, Brian Singer poo-pooed over his all over his own movies did by Brian doing Singer this. Did Brian Singer do? No, no, Apocalypse. No, no he didn't. Okay, well, that's did, what I thought. How did he poo-poo? But I'm because saying he, days of, because he, days because of Future Past. Because here's the thing. Yeah, Days of Future Past made it so that Mystique was even possibly to be around because in X Men Three she was. Oh no! Sorry, Brian Singer did do Apocalypse. My mistake. Mm, did he really? Oh yes, he did. Okay, <laughs> but that's All the thing. Right. Is the first, the, the first, the original X Men trilogy oh. is wiped off the map with this movie. I won't disagree <laughs> with that. I, I would not disagree with that at all. Yeah, which brings us into something we discussed recently, which was. Terminator Genesis that basically just re like changes everything from from Terminator and it's basically like oh those other movies just never happened. Well, well here's so, 
here's the mm. here's the funny thing I see with this. You have X Men one, two, and three. Xavier is wheelchair, wheelchair, dead. Then you have um, Wolverine, uh, the origins, and at the very end of that, <clears throat> Xavier comes back walking. Don't ask me how. He walks off the helicopter. Then they go from that to first class where he's younger walking, becomes paralyzed. If he is paralyzed at the end of first class, and according to the movie we just according to this movie, Days of Future Past, either A, he can walk, or B, he has his powers. After first class would then in the line become Wolverine um, X-Men or uh, Origins at that point. <clears throat> With Origins, he has his powers, yet he can still walk. And he's Patrick Stewart, so obviously he's older than when he was James McAvoy. So now he... (laughs) So the continuity just of Xavier is wishy-washy at best. The continuity of these films are absolutely a mess. I'm I'm not going (laughs) to say that they're not. Um, I I won't defend them at all, and I'll absolutely let the two of you rip them apart. I will, however, say this, um, much like Lee during our coverage of the book of Boba Fett and how optimistic he was, I'm going to be optimistic here and say that hopefully a lot of this will get fixed. Now, spoiler <laughs> warning for anybody when? who after, really after cares. After four more movies? Hang on, hang on. Spoiler <laughs> warning for anybody here who really doesn't want to hear about trailers and things like that. There is a, um, a very bald British man who was introduced to the last trailer of Multiverse of Madness. So uh-huh. maybe things get fixed. Fixed now that Kevin Feige has X Men. It's. I mean, I'm gonna be hopeful there. Well, here's the thing: is X Men the starting with X Men one, X with X Men, and then going to X two and X three. You know, you have this universe that's been going on for by itself as long, if not longer, than the MCU. It's been coming around since the early 2000s. It was, I think it was 2000 exactly, wasn't it? So 22 yeah. years now? Yeah. yeah. I think the release date for X1 was 99. Oh, was yeah. it really? Yeah. It was like 99, 2000. So I remember. 99, 2000. Dude, so you dude, got dude 22... what's amazing about that? Let's just think for a second that, that Wolverine was younger than us when he did that movie. <laughs> my God. That, that blows Hugh Jackman, my mind. It does. Hugh Jackman like... was younger than we are when he started playing that role. That's... <laughs> That's... That makes me feel like I've wasted my life. Exactly. Uh, yes. Why am I not Wolverine? <laughs> but, I, I, mean, I could be singing. I could be. I could be Jean Valjean right now, but I failed. I, I mean, <sighs> if you look at that though, they've done twenty-three years of this universe outside mm-hmm. of MCU, and unlike doing it like Spider-Man, where they do a reboot, 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 um, they've pretty much kept the same universe. Throughout the entirety, just they went back and showed the beginning. So I will say that they did, keeping it alive, they did a great job with. And outside of the X-Men saga, this is my favorite one. I like this one the best. I just, I've always had the question about Xavier, and I've always had the question about the time travel part and why they would just eradicate the original trilogy. Like, well, because it gave them a, it gave them an opportunity to tell a different story, and it gave them an opportunity to branch out and to tell other new stories because they could negate some of the stuff that they didn't like about the originals. It also and gave them a, it also gave them a reason to retcon the original. Well, it, at the very least, it gave them a reason to retcon X three because mm-hmm. I'm I'll be very honest, that movie is hot garbage. 
Like X three is like just in a trash movie. I I do not like that movie at all. So yeah, and they see, had to retcon I, that because they showed Patrick Stewart walking to go meet Jean Grey when he was old. I mean, younger but old. Yeah, that's that's, too, a, that's another that's time he was walking that we missed. Yeah, yeah. He remember dies he, he in walked the beginning of X of of X three. They're ta- he's talking yeah. about he's talking about when X three first starts, and you yeah. and you're 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 realizing that the movie's going to be primarily about Jean Grey. Oh, and, and him Gray and Eric walking to his house. And him and Eric, right. exactly. It's a very right. much older version. Well, they didn't even like have an idea for a younger version of. They had no idea they were. They doing had no that. idea that they were going right. to do first class yet. So that's, uh, but still, it's it's it's. They could have still messy. waited too. They could it's have done very messy. <laughs> right. That's the only thing because he walks in Wolverine Origins as well too, <clears throat> at the very end. I'm when not. It get, doesn't make sense. I'm 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 bored with both of you. <laughs> But I will say, out of the X Men saga, this one I love. This movie, don't get me wrong. This, this I love is by the, far the best movie. The uh, action, X Men saga. The action is great. I will say, James McAvoy's performance in this movie was astounding. I absolutely oh, yes. loved his acting in this movie. I will never, especially, I will never... especially the line, "So much pain." <laughs> don't mock it. Come on. I'm sorry. It was just. It was. It, way, I, I, I heard it, and it was like, like the way that you see him, like he, sh- when, like even when he's trying to decide, do I use, do I inject this drug, or do I keep my powers? And you see him like fixating or having that fix moment, and he's, oh yeah, and you see him, and he's talking, and and, and he gets emotional, and oh, it was I, great. I no, bought, his, I bought, he, you know what? For me, this movie outdid. It it brought resurrection. It redempted him, redeemed him. Sorry, it redeemed him from when he did wanted. And I was like, thank God. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm about to say, I was about to. Yeah. So so then, so then they allow Magneto to curve the bullet in this movie. You never. So I I I remember us talking about this a little while ago. And just correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck. You've never seen Split, have you? Oh no, he. I've has. seen Split. Okay. okay. Glass. Glass. Okay. So, so I will say one good thing came out of X three. And it was Kelsey. Kelsey Grammer was an amazing person, like choice for Beast. Yes. Oh, he was brilliant. Yes. I'm looking at he a picture perfect. right now, and and I'm like, wow, he looked amazing. I mean, at his perfect. age, he was and, perfect. And they that's the other done thing. A better jo- that's the other thing too. Is in this movie, I, I maybe I unless I missed it. In this movie, he's talking to Beast about we can do. I he goes. Beast is like, do I make it? And he's like, no, but we can change that. <laughs> he changes everything, and guess who's the only one who doesn't get retconned at the end of the movie? Beast. Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, though. It's a great movie. I well, I, yeah. I, I watch it, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm with Will on this one. There are a lot of holes. But the holes are... Throughout the saga of X Men, it's yes. not contained it's in, not this in this movie. movie. Right, right. I think right. you can look. I think you can look at each one of these films individually and have a good time. But when you start to connect them, that's when things get a little bit wonky. I, I don't right. think you're supposed to watch these and and think continuity or think so any kind actually, of coherent timeline at all. Like, you know, it's, will and it's a shame that it's a shame <laughs> that you can't do that. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. Right, and. I think, Will, you and I actually saw this in theater together, right? You came up here and we watched it in Derry. I think I recall that we came up and we watched it in Derry. It was like you, me, my wife, and a couple other friends. Uh, we all got together and saw it in theater. 
Um, and we were blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the the picture I have of you on my on my phone when you call, it's yeah, that's um, it's a picture from that night. Anyway. Okay. Yep. (laughs) But the thing is, like, we were pumped for this, and this was ten years ago, man. So I'm not. Was it? No, I wasn't living in Derry. 2014. Oh. Oh. Oh, No, no, that does make sense. It was, but yeah. No, that. Twenty four ago. Twenty fourteen. My daughter. My ago, seven years ago. Seven We're years, old. not not ten. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. It was nine eight years ago. Nine. Yeah, it was. It was saying it was. Bef- it was a year before my daughter was born, and we were, so we were living up here. Okay. Yeah. So. So it had right. to be dairy. Well, let's do this. Let's actually. Uh, <laughs> let's get let's talk the about the movie. movie. So the movie opens up with a wonderful narration from Charles, and he's talking about the war between man and mutants. Which Charles? What? Which which Charles are we talking about here? We talking McAvoy? We we talking Stewart? We are talking about Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Ah, yes. Okay, so fine. I'll I'll be more specific then. The movie opens (laughs) up with a narration from Patrick Stewart. Is that better? Just say old. No, no, no. It's not Patrick Stewart. It's Charles Xavier, but it's old Charles. Fine. Old Charles. Charles. I am not going to listen to you anymore now. The movie I have opens a headache. Up with a narr- I, I, I have a massive headache just from that one part. The movie opens oh my up with gosh. A narration from Old Charles as he's talking about the war between man and mutant and that the government's pretty much going after anybody who even remotely helped humans. They're mm. basically telling the story about the registration, which I'm really upset that we never really got inside of an X-Men movie. It never happened. I don't know why it never happened, but hopefully it, it does soon. Yeah, well, we did get the Sokovia Accords when the MCU took over. That's yeah, close. That's, that's a thing, and that's tangentially related to the registration, I suppose. So we kind of got it. It's, 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 a, it's the whole thing with, could like, it, you know, Wander and all could that it be, stuff. Could it be when they did X3 and they were doing the whole cure thing at the register then? <clears throat> it seemed like that's what they were kind of going for. You know, I with guess Angel that there. would be part of it, but this is just this is more intense because we just see mm. a world that's in utter utter decay. It's a dystopian nightmare. Oh and yeah. Here's, an, here's another thing. I wouldn't mind getting a movie of just this. You know, we talk a lot of we talk a lot on this podcast about all, all types of different sci-fi, and between the three of us, well, it, me and Chuck, anyways, um, the two of us really loved Rogue One. I wouldn't mind seeing this like dystopian world like in the x-men universe of just like regular schmegular people like in what they're thinking and what they're going through and all that good stuff and like x-men are doing things like off to the side off camera like this entire concept to me is fantastic yeah i think it would be amazing did you just say i didn't like rogue one you, I don't think you like it as much as Chuck and I do. I love Rogue One. It's okay. fantastic. All right. Okay. But I, w- right. I will say it's funny to hear anybody say I would like to see a movie of this dystopian society when to me it seems like what everybody got when they watched Terminator Salvation because everybody said, I'd love to see the war. And then they got the war and they're like, oh, n- never mind. That movie <laughs> is hindered by the story. That movie is hindered by right. Hayden, no, Christensen. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> I just said that. Uh, oh, can you tell what we know we talk about? <laughs> Christian Bale. That movie is well, hindered no, by they, the story and Christian Bale alone. That, that That's what made that movie bad. So they if actually, it was anything else, I... So they actually made a movie that's like that. And I don't know how you feel about it, but have you seen War of the Worlds? 
Okay. So which which one? Okay. Are we talking yeah, hold on. Well, no, no, well, no, 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 well, no, no. Hold on. We're not doing on. this. We're not. No, we're not doing that because that movie ended. The <laughs> and the the rescue, the savior was birds. So no, I don't. I don't talk about that movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I I get that. But what I'm it was to bird say poop. is it in, in, bird poop <laughs> saved humanity. I want to. I want. I want to let that linger out there. Bird poop. Bird poop saved humans. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying—that is what to, you walk away the, with that movie with. The only thing I am trying to say in this is they took what normally would be a military action style movie and they did it from the eyes of a civilian, from the eyes of the layperson, and they could do that with something like this too. Just do it better. <laughs> so the Sentinels attack. <laughs> cue crickets. <laughs> so the cue crickets. attack. Yeah, right. So the sentinels attack, and the purpose and the purpose of the attack is just to show how powerful the sentinels are, which I I thought was fantastic. And they immediately establish that they're able to adapt to any kind of power or mutation. Pretty awesome. It's it's pretty awesome the way that everything happens. Well, because well, we've never seen that before in any in any, any other iteration no. of of the this sentinels. Was fantastic. It was really cool. This, the, oh. the, the only thing that we've seen, like out of something like the cartoons, would have been the Sentinels that we see like back in seventy three. In the seventies, like, have been. Yeah. A, we've seen those in the cartoons before, but not nothing like this. These this designs, is on an entirely different level. This this entire design was stolen from Thor. <laughs> well, Thor first of one, <laughs> uh, but two also another crazy older sci fi movie is um, the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, I was almost the too. exact same style Sentinel as well too. So this yeah. this idea, this notion that this thing is new, no, it's been used twice prior to this movie. Right, really? but if if you think if you think about the whole situation with the Sentinels, it fits. It so fits. I've it, I've never I've never seen this movie that the two of you were speaking of. The day the year stood still. still? I've um, never so seen there's an original film. and then there's a remake that has Jennifer Connelly and Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. And, Jaden, and Jaden Smith. That, what? Jaden Smith? What's he like? Uh, uh, an infant? No, he's like six. Seven, you serious? Eight, nine. Oh, geez. Yeah. Will Will got. I, it's, I, I it's will just say a that Will, will got him started early. <laughs> yeah. Well. Hmm. Well, the thing, the uh, thing, the thing is, is the what made these ones new is like Will was saying is they can mute. They can actually take on and adapt the. <laughs> They assimilate the adaption of the mutants that they're that they're fighting, which is cool. But the style well, thanks the, to Mystique, that's the whole point, right? But the style, the look, the feel of the 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 overall design of these Sentinels has been used before. Are you are you talking about like the way that they look like feathers? Like is the way that they look. what you're harping no, no, on no, right now? No, like or? just the face, just, just the, the actual face design opens up just like in Thor. In Thor, um, yeah. okay, it, it does the exact same thing in um, <clears throat> the day the Earth stood still. Um, the thing that's the thing though is that it's it's not an overly used design, so it's not used so much. It's only been used a handful of times. Um, so if you haven't seen those movies, you're not going to go, oh my gosh, it's been used a hundred thousand times before. It's been only used once or twice. Um, but the, what made these ones different is they could change and adapt and like use those feather type styles. Like they look mm-hmm. like Mystique and they change Scales. into what they're, yeah. what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. And unlike Mystique where she changes into another person, they change to the different mutant styles that they're, yes. that they're doing, which I thought was cool. 
I felt right. that, yeah, I thought it was really cool. So then we're introduced to a couple of characters, Kitty Pride and Bishop, who basically show us how time travel works, and it's by way of consciousness. And in an instant, everybody's gone and everything seemingly is fine. Um, we then get a visual of Professor Rex, who's... Okay, question for the two of you. Did either one of you think that they just, like, condensed what Cerebro was to fit onto his wheelchair? Because that's what it looked like he was using. It wasn't on his wheelchair. It was on a chair inside the jet. Because when he got off of his wheelchair and was riding in, it wasn't in it. But It wasn't there. It was the, <laughs> right. the, three, the three things that surrounded his head. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, Cerebral yeah. was digitized around him. It's supposed to be future from, like, very much so future from X3. Right. Okay. Yeah, now this, is way, this is way into the future. Because now his wheelchair <laughs> is like a hover Just floats. Board. Yeah. Versus, yeah. So it's well, a hover chair. His, his, his wheelchair is a hover thing at the end of this movie as well. Didn't, so, did, they, mean, did they say what year this was? No. That, and nowhere in this film do right. they say what year it is. It's 2035, right. so, the year Will uh, Lee finishes his Star Wars books. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And to Lee's point, that is something that bothers me about this movie. I would have really loved a year, like something to ground you to, okay, this is when, this is this time period and this is this time period. Because it's very, right. what, 1973, that's incredibly simple to remember. So you have something to like kind of fix on to. But when so you're talking about to, present day, it's like. So are we to assume that like X-Men took place in 2000, X2, X2 took place in like 2002, like, are, are we to assume that those movies came out present time when they came out? Because I, I always honestly, thought the X-Men... Honestly, man, I always, I'm not even trying to do that. Well, 2023. I that the, what? I looked it up, 2023. Okay. That is... Well... So in 2014, hmm. it's 11 years into the future. <clears throat> huh. So, it's, so it says here, um, most of it takes place in 1973, but at the same time, simultaneously takes place in the year 2023. I will say that I really enjoy the simultaneous. Um, whenever yes. you see, whenever do you see anything time traveling that's si- simultaneous? Uh, frequency uh, for one, you know, there's two different stories going on at the same time. This is the memento thing a bit too, but there's, there's something else I, I kind of lost. Um, that I saw, I watched recently. Movie. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, what's the oh oh the video game I was playing, Spider Man Edge of Time. Same thing. You've got two different things happening. Yes. Simultan- Did you play it yet, Will? Yes. Isn't it cool? Yeah, it's it's, it's a actually, fantastic it, game. It it is amazing, um, but you know you you have these things that are happening at the same time, and it's very great that you're you're getting two stories. You know, I mean, whatever. Just like we watch with Boba Fett, like the flashback happening then in this, but but you're having two stories that are interconnected. So when we get the scene later on where where Charles is talking to Charles, that scene is is amazing. Like that, you don't like it? Uh, it it honestly, it's. It's one of the only scenes in any movie that always makes me emotional no matter how many times I see it. I like oh, yeah. I like okay. it. It just shows how powerful uh Xavier Charles really is. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, well, I, I just flinched, it was cool I just flinched about because it. you brought up Book of Boba Fett again. Please I, don't, I know. <laughs> don't do that again. No, my, that. my <laughs> thought So my thought on it is I, I love the fact that you've got Kitty sending his mind back. So it's like it's like this mind like piggyback that's happening yeah. right now. It's, so it's Charles really is cool using his mind moment. that's being sent back to connect to that. It's like it was such a crazy way that it all connected, and I was like, "Wow, this you know if 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 nothing else great came from this movie, this one scene I thought was fantastic." Sounds very difficult. 
Hmm. No, actually, it was super easy. Barely an inconvenience. We're going to get sued for this. <laughs> Let's get back to the movie. Anyways, so everybody's inside of a room and they need to come up with a plan to stop this sentinel problem that's happening and they want to fix the world. So the plan is that Kitty is going to send Logan back to the 70s to prevent the Sentinel program from even happening. Lots of exposition happens here, which I, mm. if, if, so there are some criticisms I have about this film, and this is one of them. Well, they just got through, <clears throat> let me finish. They just got through going through this visual representation of what the Sentinels are. They established what time travel was all visually, and now they have to do this expo dump explaining everything that we just saw. Eh, did, did we need that? Like, this, eh. is that really necessary here? For some people, some, yes. Some people, some people us, just don't get no. it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing because you use the word exposition, and I think, Will, you actually watched the split um, pitch meeting I sent you, right? Where they uh, actually refer... Did I, did I, saw that, I sent that to you, Chuck. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so the, there was a pitch meeting for split, and they actually referred to the psychiatrist as Dr. Exposition because <laughs> she basically <laughs> explains the entire movie to you. And that was that was her character's name the entire time. So Dr. Exposition shows up and blah, blah, blah. So I don't <laughs> I don't mind exposition when it's in movies, but you're doing it right. literally two minutes after we just got a visual representation of everything that you're explaining. Right like, like, yeah. like if Logan went back to the past and explained it to Xavier in the past, what was going on? They did some exposition dump then. I probably would have been, I can see what you're saying. I probably would have appreciated it more because it would have been needed. Yes. Um, here, I don't think it was needed here. Right. But the mm-hmm. original plan wasn't to send Logan back. It was to, it was send, to send back Xavier. Xavier. But then Logan, Logan steps forward because he can actually survive it. Right. Um, they actually go through that whole thing about how, you know, it would tear the mind of Xavier apart if Kitty was actually to do this to him. So oh, yeah. Logan steps forward and says, well, how about me? I can survive the trip. And so it's set in motion that Logan's going to go back. And to your point earlier on, Chuck, about your whole thing about time travel, it's actually explained right here that he's going to go to sleep, and when he wakes up, everything that he did is going to take hold. I understand that this movie kind of ends with everybody just disappearing, so it's, it's, it's null, but it's, it's, still, it's still an explanation of how time travel works in, within the confines of this movie. So I kind of appreciate it, but I understand where you're coming from. It's not solid. <laughs> it's not solid. Yeah. Um, so basically, while they're in the midst of this, they're kind of almost wrapped into this place of nothing can affect them until he comes back out. Right. Okay. And I love the stakes here. Not enough movies do this, where it's you have to go back or you have to perform a task and we have to sit here and wait, and whatever comes for us, we have to deal with. They can't run. I, right. I absolutely love those stakes that are established here right off the bat early on. It's fantastic. Logan, he wakes up in a waterbed next to a strange woman with a lava lamp, <laughs> and he looks out the window, and there's a giant cigarette billboard, so we know we are not in any kind of modern day, because when was the last time any of us saw a cigarette billboard? They just don't happen anymore. And giant Wolverine butt is, you know, just right in the frame. Lee wanted to say something. What's up, man? I wanted to say something. You were putting your hand up like, I have a point. Like, No, I didn't have a point. It's just that, like, I had some notes that I took on this, like, years ago. And one thing I just didn't touch upon was I thought it was really... 
So in the very beginning, this is back, I mean, we, we have, this is Marvel owned by Fox when Fox was still a thing. Yep. And it starts off with, you know, da-na-na-na, da-da-da-da, you know, Fox. The searchlights stopped in an X formation. Yes. And then the, the theme actually turned into da-da-da-da, X-Men. And I thought it was a really nice little just <laughs> intro to the whole thing, like tying in. You know, we've seen this before with like Universal and all the other different things like New Line does it too. But I like that Fox like changed, changed their, their opening logo just to kind of tie right into X-Men and say this is an X-Men movie. You know, you can't really like I, I thought that was it was simple. It was it was quick. I know we're like backpedaling here, but I thought it was no, a nice cool. little touch. I thought it was a nice little touch because it's showing that X-Men is like, you know, a big priority on on Fox's list, you know, that they were really putting yeah, a lot of time. And it was they, for a whole lot of years. Well, like, dude, they, like, they, they really stepped priority. up. A lot of production would, companies do that, though. Like, I know, but I, I, I just thought that Fox Paramount, really stepped it, stepped it up here when they made this movie. Transformers with the opening music. Oh, I yeah. mean, Ninja Turtles, they used... Shoot uh, ninja stars versus the actual stars. I mean, they, right? And, you know, of- Sonic used the uh, the golden rings the around rings. the Paramount. Yeah. yeah. So I and I think you know, but that was that didn't happen a lot. You know, no. it, it not not until most recently where they're saying, hey, Indiana we can do this Jones, and make it fun. The 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 mountain turned into like the molehill. You're right. That was cool. So uh, that was a- that was was that Last Crusade? No, which one was that? Uh, uh, Crystal Skull. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, when when he goes into a refrigerator and survives a nuclear blast. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go oh, back yeah, and then he gets let's, out. Let's not talk about it. And he dusts <laughs> off his hat. Let's not talk about it. So anyways, as Logan is looking out the window with his giant cigarette billboard, he's starting to get, you know, what senses about him. He understands where he is and everything. And that's when the goons come in. And they are very upset at Logan for sleeping with the boss's daughter. And everybody knows what happens next. The bone claws come out. Back to the bone claws. <laughs> yep. The bone claws come out, and Logan pretty much just wrecks everybody who's in the room. The visual of bullets falling out of his body will never not be cool. It's like yeah. the oh, most amazing, amazing effect that they could like they could do in these movies. It's so awesome to look at. I never not love it. It's fantastic. I have to say the the way that they did his makeup both ways, like the older him and then the younger him. I'm like, you know what? They did a pretty good job without having to go CG for him. Because I mean, the dude's in great shape, you know. And when he shows up back in the 70s, you're like, all right, all right, you know, I can buy this being the 70s. See, you know, I didn't see a whole bunch of changes in makeup. I just saw, like, in one scene, he was a little gray, and then the next scene, the gray was gone. That's pretty much all I saw. That's because Hugh Jackman still looks the same today. Well, then again, let's go back and rewatch the one from 2000 and be like, oh, no, he's totally, like, 32. Yeah, that, that like, he definitely is, like, young. When he's when that okay. scene where he's, like, oh, he's all smiley on the bike... It's like okay, okay I'm he's sorry. a kid. <laughs> if if I look like him at his age in this movie, you can say all you want. <laughs> Dude, if I, if I if I look like Hugh Jackman now, like now, <laughs> when I'm like 30 years younger than him, <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um so yeah, Logan leaves and we get a shot of the Twin Towers. Which is always they have to do it in any movie that they go back and it's you oh, know, yeah. it's a staple. They have to do it. And we get a news mm. anchor on the radio talking about how troops are getting ready to leave Saigon. It's the end of the Vietnam War. And if if you're not reminded of this in nineteen seventies, I guess that does it for you. 
Um, we got our first scene of Trask, who's uh, sitting before Congress, trying to get funding for a Sentinel program, warning the committee... He, apologies. Warning the committee of the dangers of mutants, saying that he understand. Oh, my God. Saying... You didn't understand your enemies in Vietnam. Do you really want to not understand your enemies here? That'll be the end of everything. He goes on to say that without my program, you will have lost two wars in one lifetime, and he is promptly shown the door. I just get this really nagged suspicion that if he were to be, like, you know, amicable and at least willing to compromise in the scene, he probably would have gotten what he wanted, but he had right. to, like, berate them. It's ridiculous. Yes. And, but, and my note that I wrote from two years ago, no sentinels for you. Pretty much. Yep. Well, my thought process is too is if Eric in this movie is if uh, if they never created this whole scenario, the mutants would never have reacted the way. In every single movie, the mutants are always reacting. So if they right. just left him alone, none of it would happen. Mm-hmm. They'd be fine. Leave Brittany alone. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> They had to make the movie, so uh, good. Yeah, they had to make the movie. I guess so. Well, why so. would they do that? Because then we couldn't make the movie. Oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> we then cut to a scene where we're in Vietnam and we're watching a bunch of soldiers leaving, and that's when Mystique comes in for the rescue because there's a bunch of mutant soldiers that are being getting, they're getting ready to take away by a security team that's hired by Trask. Okay, so I- Mystique gets in there, and she completely wrecks house to, to rescue everybody, right? <clears throat> Here's something I have harped on this to Lee for well over two decades now. I'm going to do it here. You hate Alexander Summers', Summers is <laughs> havoc in this movie. Com- takes takes full control of the situation when he feels like Mystique is going too far. He mm-hmm. is already a better leader than Scott was in the original trilogy by far. Uh, How you do an X-Men oof. franchise and you <laughs> mistreat Scott Summers, who's supposed to be the leader of the X-Men, is just absolutely beyond me. I, I will never forgive that. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it to this day. Well, because they... I, I, the thing is, I like James Marsden, but they, just, they made this whole like weird love triangle thing be the entire basis of it, but they didn't make... They just never gave him... Any type of real story. I mean, they brought him in. What was it? Zero. Was it in? Was it in first class? Where they tried to have him as, as a kid? No, no, it wasn't Alex. first class. It, it was huh? Apocalypse. They brought him. Apocalypse. In as a kid. Yeah, and he's like in the school and yeah. whatever. Yep. Yeah, they tried. Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't Apocalypse. I think yes, it, it was. was. I think it was Origins. Apocalypse. Th- oh, okay. Origins oh. was a kid too. They were all locked up in the cages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, e- either way, they just they never they never gave him what they needed to give him. Cyclops was always awesome in the comics. He was the leader, you know. But here they just made in him comics, just a guy in who the was cartoon, in the way. He was the leader. He he mm-hmm. was the leader of the X Men. He was the number two. He was mm-hmm. next to Xavier the entire the entirety of of the franchise. He was like, and but in the movies they just made him Jean's toy. That's because mm-hmm. in the movies they follow Wolverine. I understand that, and I'm not saying anything negative about Hugh Jackman, but no, <laughs> no, it 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 always rubbed me the wrong way. And this scene right here, the way that the way that Alex just stands up and takes charge, he got a big booming, boisterous voice, and he puts Mystique in her place, 
and he tells her to stop because she's gone too far and everybody like kind of listens to him like that's what a leader is supposed to be that should have been scott through the entirety of the original trilogy right. and it wasn't and it bothers me and it, it will never not bother me i'm sorry so, so here's my here's my main question <clears throat> how are all of the except for logan how are all of the X-Men movies PG-13 when there is nudity throughout the entirety of the film. <clears throat> well, she's she's got paint. She's she's paint. covered it's paint. It, it's paint. very thick. It's very thick no, no, no. paint in she's, certain areas. She is <laughs> I am sorry. She does not wear clothes at all the entirety of the film unless she is playing yes. Raven. <laughs> yes. If she is Mystique, she is painted blue. Uh-huh. That's it. Uh-huh. She's painted Outside of that, she's wearing nothing. I think it's mm-hmm. like the body paint that turns to latex once it like gets on your skin. Yeah, it's technically, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. They got away with it though, and they yep. always do. So, really, you got well, a problem yeah. with that? I don't. No, I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh, I'm <yeah>. asking Lee. <laughs> oh no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying like that's what they did. So okay. Well, they, right. did a, they did. I think they did a fan, without having to go in and using special effect, like special, like, like using CG. They did a fantastic job because, you know, if I was her and I looked like that, I, I'd I'd be fine. <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, she's she's got it. She's showing it up, but she's they're doing it in a way where it's not, you know, it's not overdone. But they also did a very good job of using real effects and not computer-generated effects to make it work, and they did a good job with it. The um, thing is that they never, sec- they, never se- they never sexualized it, at least right. not never. To, and, that's, and that's what made it make more sense, because if they made that a big thing that was sexual, then obviously they could take that and say, okay, this can't be PG-13. Um, right. But, but they, the way they handled it was like, okay, some people could be like, ooh, but the reality is it's not what it was meant for, and it was not any, in any way over the top like that. Right. There were some jo- there were some jokes made, you know, throughout the films, um, where they 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 make some kind of comment, but then she comes back as that, and they're like, whoa, 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 not what I expected, type thing. Right. So yeah. So later on, Logan arrives at the school that is very much closed and it's just overgrown with all types of greenery. Hank answers the door, and the two of them immediately get into a brawl. It's hysterical the way that it happens. Eventually, Charles walks downstairs, and after some convincing, Logan is able to tell Charles some personal information of his that he's never really told anybody else before, and the three of them have a discussion about what's going on in the future. The war, the Sentinels, and Mystique. Some convincing? Some some convincing? He said three (laughs) lines, and Charles was like, I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's like, when you were nine... When you were nine, you did this. When you were 12, you did this. And Charles goes, okay, I believe you. Well, no, he said, I've never told anybody that before. How do you know that? Like, it was, come on, that's convincing. If somebody showed up and started telling you a hope, hey, man, you've been thinking this and you've been thinking this, wouldn't you look at him like, okay, maybe I should listen to what this person has to say? Maybe to a point or just be Everybody like, Everybody got well, secrets. Maybe, maybe he's a mutant like me and can read my thoughts. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, considering 
he's a mutant that can read thoughts. It's not something too far tells off for me. Him to think that. Okay, so something. So, and I'm I'm reaching here, but something tells me that Charles probably knows about every telepath on the planet. Yeah. 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 And this but he, guy's but he clearly also might not one of them. <laughs> he also might remember him a little bit from their last meeting. Yeah. He does remember him. He that, even that, that says he up. does bring he does bring it up later he on. Yes. In in this part, he brings it up. He's like, I think we. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he's like, you know what? I do remember you. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. I'm gonna say to you exactly what you said to us. F, F off. off. <laughs> yeah. Which is perfect. So, after all of Logan's pleas for help. Hang on. After Logan, after Logan and all of his pleas for help, the bomb is dropped that they're going to need Eric too, and that's when Charles wants absolutely no part of everything that's going on. Replying with only, we all have to die sometime, and that's basically the end of that. Hank tells Logan that the reason why Charles is the way that he is right now is due to the draft during v- the Vietnam War, and he lost teachers and a whole bunch of students, and it just broke him. Seems mm. a little loose that that's what broke this man. Oh, mm. a war happened and a whole bunch of people got drafted. I- I'm pretty sure that there's still a bunch of kids out there that probably need your help. Like, that that's what breaks you? Eh. Okay. It's the early, it was it, late little... 60s, early 70s. There's lots of stuff going on. I mean, as he brings up, he's like, you had some really bad acid. So I, I, God knows what else happened to him. Sure. So after some reflection and some heartstring, and, and some heartstring pulling music, Charles agrees to help. But he's not going to help for I love. I'm, I'm going to say it and I apologize. I'm going to say it. I love that his British comes out when he has to curse. Not yeah. for any of your, not for any of your future shite, but for her. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just thought it was funny. So a discussion starts to happen about how exactly they're going to get Eric, and it it's come to light that he's being held a hundred <gasps> floors underneath the Pentagon for killing the president, for he curving killed, the bullet. He killed JFK. He's behind the magic bullet. Which, yes. of course, now, of course, isn't, now, isn't that Magneto amazing? is behind the magic bullet. Isn't that amazing? Because we've no! all been saying, no, it's, I think it's hilarious. That, that is hilarious to me. They're like, hey, everybody's had these conspiracies about how did the bullet curve? They're like, oh, let's just write it into an X-Men movie because Magneto can move metal. Wow. What a way to, like, slap the conspiracy theorists in the face. Mel Gibson is probably rolling around right now going, ah, he's flying, you know, it's possible freaking out about, but it's just, oh, come on. I think it's, I think it's amazing. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I, I, I like when I really enjoyed, as we've talked before, um, when there is actual historical relevance in a movie, um, or even just like current events relevance. So if you watch a movie and say like President Richardson, blah 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 blah, and they show some some random, random. president, yeah, yeah, and you're like, okay, and then you watch another movie where that you see like Barack Obama on there, and you go, oh my god, like this is it's the president, oh, it, it's it's the president, this is real, this makes sense, like it's not like that movie, it, what was it, White House Down or something like that, when Morgan Freeman was president, and it's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I was thinking like that, or like Iron Air Man Force Three, One. yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> President so and so, Independence right. Day, like yeah, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't like it when they do that. I mean, if they have to, if they have to Bill make a movie Paxton. where the president has a part, then yeah, that makes some sense. Bill, Bill Paxton was president. No, 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 no. Bill no. Pullman, not Bill Paxton. Pullman? Yeah, Bill Pullman. Oh, Independence Bill pa- Day. Bill, whatever. Yeah, Bill, his name Bill is. Paxton was was uh, 
was in you know Titanic and Twister and all that. Yeah, but that's anyway. the difference though. When you're looking at movies where something the president happened, is actually part of the story. Yeah, that's different. Then you have yeah, then you have yeah. to like like they couldn't actually hire. I'm pretty sure Barack Obama would be in a movie now. Just saying. Not while he was president, though. No, but now. He was in a movie when he was president. Um, what was that? What he, was that? Well, no, there was there was a movie. There was a movie was he, about it. Was he a, in um, it or just he was just shown in it? He was in it. He um there was a movie that came out years ago about I um he wasn't he wasn't mentally incompetent. He was just a very slow Middle Eastern man who his his wife got really mad at him one day like you have to let the president know that we're not terrorists and he takes this seriously so he goes on this journey to the White House to tell the president that he's not a terrorist and when he gets to the White House there is Barack Obama and he's in this movie I forget the name of this movie oh my god I thought you were saying that Barack Obama was the mentally incompetent guy no <laughs> he had to go somewhere like wait what no, that's, that's, no. Because usually when it's like in, in I did White say House a mentally down, incompetent, you know, right. slow moving Middle Eastern guy. I did not say. I, in, I, I know. In I know. White House down when he was like <laughs> a co-star with the guy. You're not going to use, you know. No. Morgan Freeman, Jamie Foxx, you know. Right. Jamie Foxx as president and the other one. What was that? Because um, there was White House down, and then there was Olympus Has Fallen or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympus that's Has Fallen one. was Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman, but White House <laughs> yeah, down was Jenny Tatum saying <laughs> Jamie Fox. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. I'm sorry. See, aren't those basically the same movie? They were the same movie. Yeah. No, because White House, <clears throat> Olympus Has Fallen was the good one. White House down. Oh. I, that's the one I didn't watch. <laughs> Whatever, I watched man. the I White watched House the other d- ones. So, so I was like, down, I'm not watching this. White House Down was Channing Tatum with Jamie Foxx as president, <laughs> and he walks around in his like his Air Jordans. And he <laughs> isn't there a new one out now that's like Moonfallen or something like that? Well, no, they, oh, they did. They did London has yeah. fallen. They did yes. um, Angel has fallen, and that was all with Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. Okay, sure. Oh my. Anyways, during the discussion about how they're going to get, you know, Eric out of prison or Eric out of the Pentagon, um, <laughs> Logan knows a guy who can get in and out of there with absolutely no problem. He just doesn't know how they're going to find him. Cerebro is absolutely out of the question. Too bad they don't have internet is actually a line in this movie, and I thought it was hilarious. And then Hank says, we have a phone book, and that's basically the end of that scene. Isn't it funny that we never, ever, ever were introduced to Quicksilver before this moment? So when they say, I know a guy... Like, that was not an inside, like, joke or anything for anybody, unless you read the comics. Yeah, it's just, it was strange the way they did that. But, obviously, oh. Evan Peters did a fantastic job in this Ralph. role. Um, I don't Ralph. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Stop. We are not talking about, he is not Ralph. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> My husband, Ralph. Yeah, yeah, your husband, Ralph. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that just happens to have all of Quicksilver's powers. Like, <laughs> come on, man! And Snoopers he's Wanda's brother. <laughs> Anyways, I love it because they actually do a really good job at showing, like, <clears throat> when you see other movies and them showing them how, like, so, how how fast somebody is. This one they do a really good job with, and I, well, I was did very it, they impressed did it with, with how they did it. They also did it um, similarly, similarly, but nowhere near as um, 
as hilarious as this um, when they did the Flash and uh, the Justice League movie. You know, where he kind of goes through his thing and he go and runs through the, the whatever, breaks the glass. Like, that was yeah. a really cool scene. Um, but this was this was made, meant to be comedic because it's Evan Peters playing Quicksilver. Um, so we'll get to they, it. I didn't yeah. see. That's probably where I read way too much into this movie. I didn't get a whole lot of comedic effect from that scene that you're talking about. <clears throat> we'll get to it later when, when we talk from, about it, though. You're talking about this movie. Yeah, you didn't, think it, was, you didn't think it was comedic the, with the song. If I could put time in. No, I thought it was sad. Oh, I think it's an incredibly sad scene. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> could you imagine going through life knowing that you're faster than everybody else? Yes. Uh huh. Wouldn't you get bored of uh, everybody? Could... Um. N- n- no. I mean, maybe. Oh, my God. What are you, Eric Stoltz? <laughs> <laughs> this movie's no, a tragedy. No, I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it's a just, tragedy. It's just like, exa- Come on. Like, they're playing time in a bottle here. I don't understand how you see that as funny. Like, it's a sad song to go along with this scene. And there's this kid who's, like, moving faster than everybody else around him. And it's just, okay. And he's having a blast. He's having a blast. But then, like... The, 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 the exclamation point on that scene is that Wolverine is the only buddy there who actually told him that he did a good job. And he just looks so depleted that he didn't get that from anybody else. I don't know. That's just me. I didn't get overly comedic from that scene, man. I didn't. Whatever. Now, his scene in Apocalypse was funny because he was actually doing funny things. This? Well, yeah. He just poked some people in the face. And that was funny. He made people smack each other, poke their face, eat the soup. Like, every, come on. It was funny. So we're, we're, we're jumping way far ahead here. So Trask, <laughs> or should I say Mystique, shows up at Trask's office because she wants to know what he wanted with the mutants that she rescued from Vietnam. And she basically discovers the Sentinel programs and photos of a whole bunch of dead mutants, including some people that we met in, in first class. Basically everybody that was in first class. It's, it's <laughs> not... Good. Things things aren't looking great. <clears throat> Hank Logan, Charles Hank and Logan arrive at the Maximoff residence. <sighs> oh my god. Why are they American with a drunk mom? Again, old note, but I'm looking at it going, yeah, that's a real valid point. Like I don't yeah. understand. Like this is not this is where this is where the multiverse comes in. No, it doesn't, not yet. They had well, no, no idea this, for the multiverse back then. This was no, Fox. No, this was no, not no, no. <clears throat> I know, but when this movie came out, we didn't know really the you know the quicksilver and and ultron and all that stuff that wasn't out yet right nope yeah so that's why it's like this was this is where we say okay well the multiverse will explain this because we've got the fox marvel you know it's marvel owned by fox it's like the beatles produced by nickelback i know we talk about this all the time but this is um, before but you have to remember that this is before disney acquired fox right Disney acquired Fox, they acquired Marvel, they acquired yeah, Star yeah, yeah, yeah. Wars. Disney owns everything. When, when, when they're, Mickey they're finally got the gauntlet and, and snapped his fingers, and there we go. Um, so anyway, the point is now they're connecting all these things. So I think that's what they're really pushing on here, the fact that everything's different. They're saying, okay, and they tried to kind of break that barrier down in WandaVision by showing Evan Peters to say, hey, somehow like she kind of knows something, but... It's clearly obvious that that's not her brother. 
well, okay, this is where we're getting into it. And I have a weird feeling, um, just based on what we know of Multiverse of Madness, that that's going to come into play. It has to, one way or another. Because we're see, we're talking bald guys, it better, you know, and this and that. I mean, it, 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 it has to, it has to, because Wandavision was a phenomenal show until the ending. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even the ending, I guess, wasn't horrible, but it was just it like wasn't oh, well. horrible. It wasn't horrible. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so they arrive at the Maximoff residence, and I, this little girl. This little girl is supposed to be Wanda. I mean, she got the crown and the <laughs> wand going on and everything. I'm just like, this little girl is Wanda. So that's that's <laughs> that's really cute that they added that in there. They even added a little line about she has a sister that bugs her. I don't know if there is another Maximoff sibling right. that was supposed to be. <clears throat> I don't know. Okay, so what was what, what exactly was the line? Um, Her mother tells her, go upstairs and, and hang out with your sister or something like that. And she goes, okay. but my sister bugs me. Okay, so then I don't know what that means. I just um, bug. Mm, bugs me. Bugs That's me. The, I don't know. Bugs. Wait, wasn't Whatever. There a thing about, wasn't there a thing about bugs with, with um, Agatha? Didn't she have bugs? You're Didn't she have her, bugs in, in the house? In her lair? Like down in her, like, I don't know, maybe. N- no, wasn't there something about bugs when they She's were sitting witch. in the living room? I, I don't know. Whatever. <clears throat> I'm lost. I don't know where you're going with that one, man. Reaching. Reaching. I don't think he is. I just, I think it just I, I don't. his mind, and I'm trying to like. Yeah, I just I don't think recall. that they weren't even thinking about. Even they weren't. Considering oh, they Wanda at the they time. weren't. I'm just. I I don't know. So I don't know that much about like X Men comic stuff. I'm just wondering if is there is there a third sibling? Like, well, here's the question: Is how old was Wanda? And I forget. I didn't even. I don't remember seeing her in this. But how old was she in this up in this movie? She was just. You barely saw her. Young. Young, yeah. five. Well, younger than him. <laughs> Aren't they They're much twins. younger? They're twins. That's my question. I thought yeah, they were twins. that's another thing. That's another multiversal thing where it's like, well, in this, in this universe, they're not twins. Okay. No. Maybe, maybe because he's so fast, he ages faster. That doesn't... Well, hmm. That makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Typically, if they're that's fast, they have a quicker metabolism, they stay younger longer. You would think so. So yeah. yeah, listen. There's 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 a lot of problems with this. I'm not saying that there's we are, we already established that these movies are not perfect. But I'm again, I'm hopeful that a lot of this will be fixed. Well, a lot <laughs> once, of this was a lot of this was once pre- Marvel starts doing X Men movies. I'm just a lot of this was pre like before MCU got big. Yeah. So, well, this was all before. Again, I'm gonna say it again. This was all before that. You know. Fox was acquired by Disney, so they there really was no. It wasn't its own collaboration. Universe. There was the, it was its own universe. It wasn't right. attached to anything Marvel. Okay, so right. um, just so you know, Polaris, uh, Lorna Dane is the daughter of Magneto and younger half sister of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Huh. Wait, that makes more sense. That makes zero sense because Magneto is their father. Is the their father? Yes, Magneto um, is. But she Mag- said Magneto half... is Wanda and and Quicksilver's yeah. father. Half sister, exactly. In MCU, so, so it does make sense. Yes, even in, in this, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. whoa, even in um, yeah, it does not match. It does not match up. <laughs> how does how is how in this is he still the the father? What? 
What? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is he the father in in the in this universe? Please, somebody who knows more about comics, no, 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 reach no, no, out no, no. to so us and in, let us know what's in, going on. In Apocalypse, it's pretty much established that Quicksilver knows that Magneto was his father. Don't ask uh, me no, how. Not, not, not in Apocalypse. Yes, oh, in I mean, Apocalypse. Oh, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. It wasn't there where he actually says it. It becomes a thing. It becomes it was, a thing. They, yeah. I don't know if they talk about it, but it becomes a thing. And even here, like, when... um. Later on, when Quicksilver rescues him out of uh, out of the Pentagon, is even my mom used to know a guy who could control metal. Like you get that right, whole right. line, so those seeds mm-hmm. are already planted. Right, that's what it was planted there, and you're right. In Apocalypse, it comes back up again, and that's the whole deal. Yeah. Okay, I so, must have missed that, but I'll let that. I'll, that I'll, I know that again. That's the movie I forgot after watching it multiple times. Because come on. So we go down into the basement where Quicksilver is down there, and he's playing ping pong with himself, and then he jumps over to an arcade cabinet where he plays a uh, game of pong with himself. I don't think that this arcade cabinet can actually operate that fast, but whatever. Um, and we get we get the whole the whole breakdown of everything that he gets to break into the Pentagon and blah 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 blah. They basically at that point they kind of get right into it. They get right but, into it. So later yeah. on at the Pentagon, Hank. Ha- I love this. Hank has a device that can pretty much change the frequency on the monitors that the security team is watching, and they're not looking at footage. Or cam footage of the Pentagon anymore. They're watching Sanford and Son. I thought that was yep. hilarious. Uh, Peter makes his way down into the lower levels where they're holding Eric. The security guards are all in a flurry except for one guy who's just really into watching Sanford and Son, and he actually laughs. I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. Peter vibrates the grass the, the, the grass the glass to the point where it shatters. Hank uses his device one more time to set off all the fire alarms, and Peter and Eric make their escape while on the elevator. While on the elevator, um, Peter makes his remarks that his mom wants to know a guy that can control metal. So, again, we're going back to that whole thing, and the seats were planted for him being their father there. Well, his char- I like his character here. Where he's like, so, locked up in the Pentagon. What'd you do, man? Hey, what'd you do? What'd you do, man? What'd you do? Like, he's, he's so annoying, and yes. it's just because he's, he's, go- he's fast. He's fast. He's quick. He's going. He's going. And I like how they introduce his character this way because it just it fits somebody who's a speedster like that. So I thought it was funny. As soon as the elevator doors open and Eric and Charles <clears throat> lock eyes, Charles punches him right in the face. It's, <laughs> it's oh, it really, was it was brilliant. It was awesome because before that, Charles was like, "I am not a man of violence. I don't yeah. want any violence." And that's as soon as he sees Eric, he punches him line. right in the face. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. And then. The crew is now surrounded by a whole bunch of cops who have their guns drawn on everybody. And right before Charles can do, well, Charles really can't do anything. So Eric is about to do something. We just don't know what. We just see a whole bunch of pots and pans fly up in the air because they're in a kitchen for some reason. And that's when we get the whole time in a bottle scene. And Peter moves through the room. Seemingly, time is standing still, causing a whole bunch of destruction. Poking people in the face and making them punch themselves. Tossing plates all over the place and moving bullets out of the air. Well, can can we just t- touch upon the thing where Wolverine is trying to talk and then he and he takes people out with a frying pan and turns and goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, were you finished?" <laughs> that li- that was that was great. He like hits one guy, takes out his legs with the other one, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you were doing it your way." And that's when everybody comes in with the weapons drawn. Yes, I just I just it just well, uh, this is why Hugh Jackman carried the franchise yeah, and people did. just kept eating it up because honestly he was great like his 
his his the way that he carried that that character was great. I mean, it wasn't like it it was not what you expected when you read the comics, but um, I guess Logan was probably the closest to the comics we've ever really seen. Um, yeah, yeah Lo- you I mean, say Logan, that. Logan was definitely like this is the Wolverine we've read about. Yes. Um, but um, in in here, he's just got this attitude that's just it's brilliant. Um, or I mean the line the line in here that we we later on get on the airplane that makes me laugh every time. Like my wife still laughs about it. You know, even even with the uh, the language in it. I have um, a, the airplane. I have, we're just talking to, to Eric. I have a question. This is this is 1973, right? Yes. Yes. When did Quicksilver come to the mid 2000s to get his AirPod headphone style headphones? They're not the big bulky headphones. Yeah. <clears throat> They're kind of advanced for 73. Kind mm-hmm. of advanced. They're kind of advanced for 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why if that's why if you watched the next one, Apocalypse, he's got the big '80s headphones. Yeah, actually, I think they were I think they were wireless ones too, right? They were like they were like radio. No, I disagree with this. He, yeah, those headphones. <clears throat> yeah, his whole outfit yep. was kind of futuristic. Futuristic, very mm-hmm. Back to the Future too. Um, Silver but, hair, the jacket, the hair, yeah, the, the whole getup that he got going on right now is very futuristic. I mean, yep. the hair is fine. Quick silver. You can kind of give him yeah. the silver dyed hair. I'm cool with that. Um, I think the funniest part we kind of skipped over is the the roll of duct tape that he uses to tape the guard to the side of the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> like, the guy's just stuck against the wall. And Completely plastered the wall. Yeah. That's a lot so, of duct tape. <laughs> so, when time speeds up again, we see all the cops in spectacular fashion all get knocked out at the same time. It's phenomenal things are flying all over the place and the crew are able to make their leave now we get to the plane scene so hank hank charles eric logan they're all on the plane and they're all heading somewhere we skip over the retelling of the story of the future and all the blah 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 which i absolutely love they do not need to tell the story for a third time in this movie we just skip over all that and when we come back eric immediately knows and he's very upset He's very upset that Charles sacrificed his powers. He's very upset that Charles is able to walk. He's very upset that he just left everybody to die. Charles, at the same time, is upset with Eric because he feels abandoned. And Eric turns this abandoned conversation crybaby thing around on Charles real quickly by just naming Angel, Banshee, Azazel, and Emma. They all died under your watch. You weren't there. You were supposed to protect them. We were supposed to protect them, and you and Hank chose to hide away and pretend to be something that you're not. I love this scene. He's like tearing down the plane when he's saying it. The whole plane is falling apart. Like he's cr- the plane is being crushed in the air, and and just Hank is up in the cockpit, like just pleading, like, "Can you please stop? Because we're we're going down. Like the plane's going down. Can you please? Can we please? Please? It's it's fantastic." This, I love the, the way this entire thing was acted out on both James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender in this scene. Phenomenal. Just the way that everything played out. And Eric is right. You really can't say that he's wrong here. So I love I love Logan's lie at the end of this too. Because he's just sitting there watching this whole thing happen. <laughs> and then he's like, You gonna pick up that mess? <laughs> like Are you yeah. done? You gonna pick that up? <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's fantastic that's that's the line again that brings us right back to like just the character of of wolverine he's just like you gonna pick all that stuff up you know it's just he doesn't he doesn't care he he gives zero poops (laughs) well the first time for the first time in this too is he can't be controlled by magneto yeah, well, that's where he gets the line later on when he sees his clothes and goes, "Imagine if they were metal." Imagine and it's just like, "Ah, oh, this is so good!" Like he's 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 flexing at this point. Like Wolverine is flexing the fact that he can't do anything to him besides what a belt buckle, you know. Until you know later on, which is like, "Yeah, we'll get oh. there. <laughs> we'll get there." I don't know. I've, this whole scene on the plane to me was phenomenal. It's, fantastic. it's one, yeah. it's one it. of the reasons why I love this movie. It's the most memorable scene in the movie for me. Really. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Really? Learn something new every day about you, man. Yep. We then cut to disco in Paris, which, of of course, they have to do something involving disco music in this movie because it's the 70s, where mm-hmm. we see Mystique, and she's seducing a man who I'm assuming was somewhere in Trask's itinerary that he was going to talk to. Um, Back on the plane, Eric and Charles, they make up. We found out that JFK was a mutant and that Eric was trying to save him, which I think is <laughs> awesome that JFK again, was a mutant. Again, <laughs> amazing. He was one of us, and it just, like, it Eric just, like, loses us. it. Oh, my God. It was awesome. The two still have differences fundamentally, but they're going to come together for this. And then they start talking about Mystique. And they start now, talking about how the war is not going to happen. Not if we get to her first, and not if we change history tomorrow. Now, I thought this when I first saw the movie, and it blows my mind every time after that I watch this movie, that Charles is not able to pick up on what Eric is talking about. He clearly wants to kill her in this scene. Like, there's no other way that you can look at this. Like, And it's just because it's Eric. It's because it's Magneto. Like, if this line (laughs) was coming from anybody else... I'd be like, yeah, well, I can kind of see, you know, Charles, you know, kind of passing, passing that dialogue by, but this is Eric, and right, you should know at this point, like he, he's, he, he's not, his intentions are not in line with yours, sir. Like you he might tried, wanna... he tried the good guy once until he lost his family, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Now. There's one other thing, I guess, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. Again, I've got, I've got two different notes from two years apart, and one thing that I forgot, and I think I saw it probably because I was doing it with subtitles, but did you catch the line when they're going through um, they're going through the Pentagon or whatever, they're walking through, and they're like, oh, luckily for you, you'll have plenty of bathrooms to choose from because the building was built during segregation. Hmm. It, the, the, the tour guide was just like, if you, re, if you listen, I, I think it's funny when you watch something, you know, again and again, and then you pick up on some of the stupid, just like, you know, background stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Some of those are, some of those are just like, wait, what? Like somebody actually sat there and just wrote that into the script here and said, here, you say this. But I just thought that was interesting. He's like, there's plenty of bathrooms to choose from because <laughs> this was made during segregation. I'm like, aha, uh-huh. you know, anyway, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little things like that, that, that make this movie better than some of the other ones. Cause a lot of the other stuff was very, just like, here you go. Here's everything. But some of the little tidbits and details that they threw into it are 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 good. It's better than than some of the others. You know, right. Brian Sing- Brian Singer came back 
with a vengeance. Yes, he did. You know, he, he totally I, did because yes, he I, did. I use I, like after seeing like what Spider-Man did with Sam Raimi and some of the other stuff that was coming out, I'm kind of like eh, X-Men's like, you know, corny and goofy. And then this movie came out and I was like, whoa, OK, Fox stepped it up here big time. See, that's where I will disagree with you. I never thought that X-Men was goofy. I, I uh, never got that feeling from X-Men at all. I thought that they were rewatch that, number one. I, rewatch the first one and I tell did. me it's, not, it's still not goofy it's not eh. goofy at all it's mm. not goofy at all you know what are they consistent with one another no but that's because brian singer left but all three of them are still really solid movies i don't think that they're eh. goofy at all yeah okay i mean there's what's goofy i don't know it's just it had a goofiness to it I, maybe i'll rewatch it again i i think it was the it was the way it was, it was the, shot <laughs> if it was it was shot so much different than the first two. Um, I'm saying it, it was X three, X three, X two. You know, is more like X one than X three is to X two. But then when you get the you know first class, it just changes the entire feel of the show. You know what made this movie better? <laughs> Less Halle Berry. She was great as Storm. Are what's you wrong with What's wrong with Halle Berry as Storm? Do you remember the whole issue before? So in the other movies where they just, they gave her these lines that were like out of place, but just to make it look good because she demanded um, like a better contract every time because she was so big. It was a big deal. Hmm. If you rewatched like X2 and X3, she comes in and she says like these lines that are very, very serious and don't fit with the rest of it. And you're like, oh, oh, I see. Because they would, they would realize that she was being underutilized, so she made this thing written to the contract where she has to say these, like, you know, really, like, we need to stand together and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And then moving on, back to the line. That, that's what they did with that. But I think that the thing was, the first movie, I go back to something very simple. Ray Park. Awesome as Darth Maul. But Toad? Come on. Dude's got a big, long tongue. He's hanging as he's getting flown around like a kite. It was goofy. It was goofy, corny, early superhero movie. I mean, it it wasn't Fantastic Four bad, but you know, it wasn't too far off. Hmm. I I thoroughly disagree with you. I'm not talking about the '90s Fantastic Four. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thoroughly disagree. I know what you're talking about. I thoroughly disagree with you. This was okay. X X Men One was way better than Fantastic Four. Not. Not close to, like, leaps and bounds beyond Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four is at the bottom of the barrel for all three a lot of, them of superhero movies. Even when you're going by, like, the standards of, like, late 90s, early 2000s. It's, eh. mm. Yeah, all three Fantastic Four movies are garbage compared <laughs> to this movie. X1 was phenomenal. When that came out, oh, the technology, the way they did things, seeing, it was Oh, I thought it was, it it actually, it, it gave a new feel to superhero movies that you never felt before, and it was fantastic. Like having led to like even having others. their even having their costumes, you know, they weren't like spandex for the first time. They were yellow like these, and blue. Yeah, yellow. And so black. I, I I will say, and I'm gonna be the one to bring it up this time. Lee's not gonna be the one to bring it up. When X Men like came out, you gotta remember we're coming off the heels of Batman and like and Robin and Batman forever. Like that's a pretty, right. that's a big reason why that movie was so successful because it was a superhero movie that was being taken seriously. It wasn't like oh. this marketing campaign to sell toys. There were, there were I no get, nipples. I get it. I Even get with it. Mystique. So, 
So because <laughs> because he loved no, Batman Chuck. Forever so much, this one just didn't compare. Yeah, that's it. I didn't yeah. say I, I, I tried, man. I, yeah. I brought it up. I Q, bit the Q, bullet Sina- for you. Q, O'Connor, all right? Nothing compares to you. Um, Joel Schumacher. So after being peace. rejected by Congress, Task is now seeking financial backing from this summit committee that he's before, and he presents this nifty little device that can detect mu- mutants, and lo and behold, there's a mutant in the room with him, and it turns out to be Mystique, who's disguised as the gentleman that she encountered earlier. Uh-huh. Stryker is here, which again, he's just all over the place in this movie, and he tases Mystique just as Charles, Eric, and Hank and and Logan walk through the door, and Eric takes the tases off of uh, Mystique and just throws it back in 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 William Stryker's you know chest area, and he's on the ground just incapacitated and he's done. And this is where it happens. Eric flat out tries to kill Mystique because he wants to ensure the survival of their race. Period. I love that Hank tackles him to the ground and the gun's falling, but as the gun's falling, Magneto like shoots the bullet and it curves up the window and it goes down and it hits Mystique in the leg. I thought that was fan- the way that the entire thing was shot was fantastic. Right. I love the way that they shot from widescreen to 1970s 4x3 cam footage. Cam footage. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Was that. Cool. That, that was, was great. very, very really cool. cool. It was really yeah. cool. It was really again bring, really brings cool. us brings us into that world, you know. Like right. I was talking about boy, but the presidency stuff. It's like let's let's find a way to bring us into it, so it's not like we're watching it from a distance, you know. Yes. we get it. I like and it. and I love it because they they do the four by three right, and it's not four by three, but only like an HD version of four by three. Like the film is actually grainy looking. It it looks like something you would have seen like on an old tube like well tube TVs that we grew up with like you know, less than 480p. Like, what was it back then? Like, 144 or something like that? Like, it was ridiculous at the way that they did that. It was fantastic. So anyways, big mutant fight going on down on the street below. There are people freaking out. Ah, they're running everywhere. It's absolutely crazy. And during this fight, Hank and Magneto, I'm going to start calling him Magneto for him around because he turns completely villain throughout the rest of this film. They get into it. And Magneto's getting drowned by by Hank McCoy. And the arms of whatever statue is behind comes and grabs Hank and pulls him up off of him. And I felt so bad for him in the scene because it was just like, I am a puppet on display now. And everybody's looking at me. Everybody's laughing at me. This is really uncomfortable. People are taking pictures of me. And he just breaks out and just runs off. It's crazy. You got. You got to say that Nicholas Holt did a great job as a young Hank McCoy. Yes, he did. I think. I mean, it, it looked. It looked good. They did a great job with the makeup and everything too. Um, I, it, we when they first introduced Hank McCoy in X three, I was I was blown away. I, I think that was the best thing that came out. That was the only thing that I think was really great about X three was that. Again, Kelsey Grammer, great choice. The way they did it, the way they did the makeup, the way they did the um, the graphics and the animation for him. When he, when he like swung around the pole and was taking people out, I'm like, that's amazing. They brought that right back into this. So every time you see Beast, you know, Hank McCoy, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's the best thing that they've been doing, um, I think, um, that, that's been consistent, you yeah. know, since, since it was brought in. Um, everything else kind of changed a bit. I mean, yeah, we get Rebecca Main Stamos, and then then it moves over to Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and I'd say those are pretty close. You know, it's good enough. Um, you can buy it. Um, but the the con- the 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 difference between Nicholas Holt and um, Kelsey Grammer it was good because you never actually saw him um, 
makeup off when he was Kelsey Grammer. So this can fit in and you can buy it. So I will say that while all this chaos is going on down in the street below, Logan is back upstairs having a moment because he saw Stryker and he has like this mental flashback thing that's going on. And uh-huh. we cut back to present day when Logan is on the table, and as he's freaking out, the antimantium claws come out, and he starts swinging them around, and he actually slices Kitty Pride, which mm-hmm. causes some problems mm-hmm. there as well. Um, back in 1973, Eric has to calm him down, and he basically just tells him, "Listen, we're all friends. Um, you took some really bad acid, okay? Like that's that's the way that he." He chills this situation out, and it's so well, cool. It, like, what else is it, he it's funny do because the, the first, it's at first he's trying to explain who he is, and then he's just like, "This is not going to work." And he goes, "Bad acid. You took some acid. It was really bad acid." Uh, y- yeah, like, like this, he even asks, like, yeah, they're "Like, yeah, does that work?" <laughs> I just, Can you I buy think that? it's, I think it's really clever that he had to come up with something on the fly because he doesn't have his powers. So it's, it's the early seventies. Sure, bad acid. It, it uh-huh. works for, for what it is. I think it's great. Makes sense. Yep. So, th- this is another problem that I have with this movie. Is some of these characters are able to get around really, really fast, and I, I wish there was more of like a time, something for me to grab onto. Because right. Stryker goes from wherever he is in Paris, and Stryker, well, I guess he's there too, but, and um, Trask. Trask. Now, all of a sudden, they're in Washington. And it's just like, how, okay, I'm going to completely ignore that. The Nixon administration, they're watching everything unfold on television, and everybody's kind of not in an uproar, but everybody's pretty much very nervous. Trask presents his sentinel idea one more time and basically says that you need this. You you, you need my program, and it's going to cost more than it did before because Congress (laughs) shut me down. And Nixon basically tells him, hey, you can have whatever you want, Trask points to the TV says I want her talking about Mystique Mm -hmm. and I love I don't know who this actor is who's playing Nixon here he was good he was great he did he did a really good job and he says I don't care who you screw just as long as you don't screw me it was hysterical (laughs) yep Um, so one thing I thought was cool too is as he's talking to him and he goes, he's like, oh yeah. So, um, do you have this guy who can control metal? And last I checked, that's what most of your weapons are made of, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, these sentinels are made of a space age polymer and not an ounce of metal on them. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. He's basically selling it. Like this guy is super, like he's done some crazy stuff and he can do anything and take away everything from you. Everything that you would use to go, to go against him. Here's my question. If you look at the timeline of just Earth's history, not four years prior to that, we had the the landing on the moon. Yet he has space aged whatever to create uh-huh. these. <clears throat> Where do you uh-huh. get it from? Uh, the ages of space. <laughs> Where did they come from? Ah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it? Is it? Um, it's not adamantium because he can. No, Magneto can control that. No, uh, not intimate. No, no. The answer is yes, Chuck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, yes. Sure. That, that is the answer. Yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's ooh. plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might do it. That would that would make more sense than what they actually said. Like we have this, we have this space age stuff that's not metal. They could have just said, "Yeah, I got these sentinels. They're made of plastic, so this guy over here can't control them." 
Yeah. That would have been a lot better. High I also- grade plastic <laughs> to sit our well fi- our well fed behinds in. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh, if they, that if is, they had him come in and do that part, that would have been fantastic. That is the greatest. Yeah, just like what Richard Pryor been comes out of, comes out of the grave. Yeah, right. They could have they could have the dead. They could have done something to have it look like him. No, they, they didn't have deep fake back then. It was it was. I'm I'm sorry. I still go back to that. So for everybody who doesn't, well, nobody knows, but we uh we text each other no. quite often. And you were watching uh, Superman three not too long ago. <laughs> Yes. And that's the first thing that came to my mind was Richard Pryor. That was his, I forgot how it's such a great movie. His scene as the general like presenting <laughs> Superman with the kryptonite is fantastic. It it's is ridiculous. the funniest thing in the world. Oh, man. It's so ridiculous. Because God has given us one of the greatest gifts in the world. Chemicals. Now, you people, you like to go sit in church on Sunday, don't you? Yeah. You like to sit and watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sit on what? You sit on molded plastic seats. Molded to your well-fed behinds. Now, I don't have to tell you that America leads the world in high-grade plastics. We cannot afford a chemical plastics gap. Oh my oh, God! Our well-fed behinds. It is <laughs> phenomenal. Anyways, uh, I also like in this scene too how he goes ahead and he describes Mystique that um she could walk in here and become the president and order a nuclear strike tomorrow if she wanted to. Exactly. And he completely sells the idea of of the Sentinel program and Nixon buys it up. So obviously he has his backing. So, we're, uh, yeah. Later on in the film, we're heading back to the school where Charles is, he's not doing really well, and he needs his medicine. So, Charles yeah, is... So, so, no, so to go back, either he takes yeah. this medication and he can walk, or he... Well, I, I mentioned it really quickly in the beginning, but okay. he can either, he can either, t- he can either take this concoction that, you know, Hank created, that either, you know, gives him the ability to walk if he... <clears throat> And he, but he can't use his powers. If he doesn't take this, <clears throat> the voices come back in his head. The voices come back in his head. And this right here, this That's whole what's scene happening right now, yeah, right. This whole scene, a whole nother level of acting for James McAvoy comes out right here, and it is phenomenal. It's it is fantastic. Fantastic. It's fantastic. <clears throat> from 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 this point on, for for the next couple of scenes with McAvoy is just on a whole nother level. It's You're absolutely. absolutely right with that. Um, so the voices are coming back to him, and Logan kind of has to talk some kind of sentence to him and basically pleads with him, please do not take this medicine. We need you. I don't need you walking. I need you. I need your brain. Yeah. Please. We mm-hmm. like It's a full-on plea. And then we get the whole Cerebro scene oh. where Charles's first attempt completely fails. Sparks fly. They blow a fuse somewhere down in the basement or whatever, and Hank has to go and fix this problem. Logan understands that he might be the wrong guy to kind of walk Charles through this crisis. So, oh, yeah. into Logan's mind, Charles goes to have a world with his older <laughs> self. And I so love, cool. I so love awesome. the line, and, and only Patrick Stewart could deliver it. Just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean they're lost forever. 
That mm-hmm. line would have made mm-hmm. zero sense coming from anybody else. Yep. It had to be him. It was perfect. Yeah. Stewart shows Mac- McAvoy just a glimpse of all of Professor X's accomplishments in regards to the school and his students and everything that he was able to be successful in throughout his life. And it's exactly everything that young Charles needed to see in order to kind of snap him out of whatever mental trauma that he was going through. Everything about this was phenomenal. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I won't do it justice, but it is it is fantastic. It's it's just another reason why this movie, if, if, if not for anything else, but for this scene alone, stands above a lot of what we see in superhero movies, bar none. This is just from beginning to end. This entire very, sequence is fantastic. And James, and again, James McAvoy, when he's even when he's having the conversation, because you know Logan's like, it wasn't the machine, was it? He's like, it's not broken. I'm broken, and it's yeah. not up in my head. It's it's in my heart. It's, it's something me. in yeah. me is broken. Yeah, and you just see you because we're so used to you know after movie after movie of Xavier being this confident tough you know yeah leader he's the rock assured yeah he's He's the rock and in this one you're like he's lost it and he does such a good job portraying even when he's even mcavoy having the conversation with patrick stewart you can see the emotion (laughs) behind it um and they did such a phenomenal phenomenal job with it yeah Um, it was great they did a really good job i I loved it absolutely I was going to say when we were talking earlier, we, we mentioned Superman 3, and I was just thinking, like, to me, I know it's a very different scene, but as far as impactful scenes where you have, you know, somebody facing themselves, oh, this was very know, impactful. Yeah. It was very impactful. It, was, yes. it, was not, it wasn't a fight scene, no. but I'm saying when we talk about impactful somebody face-to-face, you know, with themselves, this was just brilliant. I loved it. No, um, no arguments. No arguments on that one at all. Yeah. Um, we then cut to su- a, a kind of a throwaway scene, but it's important for something that happens later. We see Eric, and he's, you know, looking down on a train where all of the Sentinels that have been created up until this point are, and he mm-hmm. infuses them all with a whole bunch of metal, and I wonder why. I can't imagine what's going to happen at the end of this thing. <laughs> we cut back to present day, and after Logan's so- freak out, and he... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, he's, he's, uh, he's TXing everything Pretty right much. now. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much what he's doing. You're absolutely <laughs> right. We cut back to present day, and after Logan's freak out and Kitty Pride's, you know, bleeding pretty bad, she needs... This is where I think you two didn't watch, because I watched the roll cut. I don't think either one of you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no. um, we find out that uh, Kitty Pride needs some help, and Bobby just magically remembers that he knows exactly where Rogue is. She's being held in Cerebro, and the reason why she's being held there is because Professor Xavier cannot see inside Cerebro. You're right. I did watch the road cut once, and that's why I have different notes the first time I, I, I took the notes. Yeah. yeah. So the okay. plan is to go rescue Rogue so she can borrow Kitty's powers to keep the whole conscious time travel thing going. That's why I was so confused. I'm reading these notes going, I don't remember this at all. What does Rogue have to do with it? Oh, that's why it's called the Rogue Cut. That's why it's called. Okay, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. So, <laughs> did you, I, you did you you did see it though, Chuck? Right, so you know a what long we're talking time about. ago. Yes, but it just okay. my question in that is, where did they get the time to do that? 
I mean, they they had lots Filming of money. Wise? They can they can make the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they probably filmed everything at the same time. Just not the filming World Cup wise. Came after it. No, no, not filming wise. In the movie, yeah. Where did he get time to go get Rogue and bring her back while Kitty was bleeding out? And it's everybody. Well, it, it hang on. It's not just. It's not just <laughs> one person. It's everybody. Like mm-hmm. Bobby goes. You know, Magneto goes, and <laughs> Xavier goes. So it's like, who's back at the the, the shop? keeping an eye on everything like the two guys who are in charge right now eric and xavier like they just leave like sure okay anyways that's not the only problem that i have with this correct me if i'm wrong either one of you in x-men one when they're talking about rogue's power isn't there like isn't it temporary yes so how is she so okay so they go and they get Rogue. I'll just say talk about that. They go and they get Rogue, and she takes over for Kitty Pride. She touches her, and she has her powers right now, and then she takes over the whole time travel thing for Logan, and she's there throughout the duration of the film from then, that point on. That's not that temporary. That- well, that's why it's the Rogue cut and not the, <laughs> the real one. <laughs> They're like, oh, wait a second. This makes zero that's sense. What I it was too. cool, though. It's so cool. It's tem- <clears throat> so she has it for as long as she has it. The longer she is in contact with the person, the longer she has the power. Okay, fine. She she touches her for a couple of seconds so that she doesn't die. And yeah. then she takes over the whole, you know, whoop, whoop. And she's there throughout. Like, she doesn't maybe, leave. Maybe. Like, Kitty Pride does not come back and take over again. Do not no, say deleted scene because this is, like, the biggest deleted scene of all time. Well, that's, well, it is a deleted scene. That's why I'm saying the rogue cut is not the real cut. So there you go. That's the answer. But I would just say that maybe, I mean, rogue's been around for, at this point, like, what's this, 2014? So 14 years? Was this, well, when well, did this well, come out? Well, did well, it come well, out? Well, 2014. Wait, 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 wait. Rogue went and had her powers removed in X3. She did. Yeah, and then they slowly came back, <laughs> just like Eric's slowly just like Eric's. came back. Yeah, they, everybody's they came, came back. back. That was the whole point. Was the the, the, the cure, the, the cure was not real. Yeah, the cure exactly. wasn't permanent. It was just a temporary thing. That I don't was, know. Yep, that's my that that's my that's one of my biggest problems with this movie is the road cut because if I get that you can't. I, I said the whole thing about continuity and how you really can't establish that in this franchise at all, but still, it's like powers like i i don't really like messing with powers all that much if rogue's powers are supposed to be a temporary thing like her taking over for kitty pride throughout the rest of this movie it's just it's kind well, of well and I, I will say in x1 her magneto touches her real quick and then she sticks to those things and she's on that for a good amount of time um, right. which is what causes the discoloration in her hair yeah. um but that was a quick thing, though. That was not the rest of the movie that she was up there, like, making the, the mutant machine go nuts. But we have to realize, too, is the rest of the movie is taking a couple days or whatever in 1973, but it's mere moments in 2023. Right. So it's not... No, it's yeah. congruent. It's that time is running at the same time. It's not one timeline's moving faster than the other. No. <clears throat> Because he's going back to yeah, 1970. He could live out a year there and only be moments here. Yeah, at this point, though, at this mm. point, we're not talking days anymore. We're talking the last few hours. Maybe I understand tops. that. I understand that. I'm trying to... How do you... Okay, how do you, how do you come up with that math, Chuck? 
because when you're back in the past, the, you're, it's, it's already happened here. It's already happened here. So you can go back into the past and live uh, 20 years and then come back to this time frame and you're still present. They're not getting that's, into that's, a DeLorean. They're not getting into a DeLorean yeah. where you can put in a fixed time. They're, it's, right. It's this is not. That's a different time travel theory. My okay. So it, it, in theory, so for so for days when the when they come to the end of it and he's got ten miles left of these sentinels coming over to him and that's mere moments and in the um, back in nineteen seventy three it's hours of them actually you know all the stuff going on. It doesn't make sense. It's it's not so she was sitting there holding him for days. Days holding him in place in the past. That's kind of that's kind of a valid point now. It it's it's valid, but it doesn't make any sense. No, now it now it really does. Because basically they started this whole thing sending him back while while the sentinels were coming. Like, they were on the way, and that's yeah. why they were doing what they were doing. Sure. So there's no way it was, like, a week <laughs> that no. they were just sitting there waiting for the Sentinels to come. So it does kind of make sense that while they're doing what they're doing, we're seeing it not not completely simultaneously because that just wouldn't make any sense because if they would have been killed case, before. Hang on. If that's the case, then it would be instantaneous. Right. Right, and that's why they shortened what was actually happening in the in the current future time, and then showed us the flashbacks. So yeah, it, yeah. Again, you start talking time travel, then eyes are gonna cross and never come I know. back. It's, that's it, that's why it's it's not time travel; it's consciousness travel, which is more like butterfly effect, which also doesn't make sense, but then it does. The thing is. We can sit here and argue semantics about time travel all we want, but the reality we're not gonna get is anywhere. we're not going to get anywhere. Exactly, it's, it's still fun so, to argue about it, though. Like that—that's my that's yeah. my thing. I have no problem doing that. I'm just wow, mm-hmm. okay, hmm. because be, yeah. because for the longest time, I thought that the time travel in this movie was actually pretty solid. Like there there aren't a whole lot of plot holes or a whole lot of like avenues to make a a, a really big you know continuity error when 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 you're talking about like consciousness because you're dealing with just one person you're not dealing with like here's a machine or here's this thing where it's like the effect is going to happen at the same time like they 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 establish this whole when you wake up things will take hold i i always thought that kind of explained everything away like well he can go back there and he can do whatever he wants but until he wakes up present day nothing's really going to take effect. So both timelines can happen simultaneously. That's but what's, what's going to happen, though, it's, gonna, it's going to as if it never happened, though. Right. So, Which I'm, 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 still, I'm still fine with. It still makes sense. But that part it, makes it, sense. It, 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 if, 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 if he's going back and he's changing things in 1973, and then he, it would be instantaneous if that was the case. Like it would be an instant. Like it, no, it would be an instantaneous effect. Like he that goes was back, my... he changes everything. Have either one of you ever watched the um the Amazon show? Oh my god, that was it's, my it's, it's, it's that it's, was it's, my um... question in the very beginning. Is the moment he went back and talked to Xavier for the very first time, everything changes? It's done. He yes. would be back in twenty twenty three teaching the class. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. right. Okay, right. I'm on board with you now. I don't know, right. and I think I. I horrible with names like this but there was a television show that was on amazon prime years ago with um oh my god james franco 
And the whole concept was that he walked through a doorway and he was like back like a week before Kennedy's oh, assassination. Yeah, I remember yes. that. He walked through a doorway and he was there a week before Kennedy's assassination. And when he walked back through the doorway on the other side, everything that he did was going to take effect. But the thing is, it was it was instantaneous. Like he walked through the doorway. He did what he had to do back in 1963 before he was assassinated. And then he walked back through the doorway and it was like a minute or like a second after. Like it was instantaneous. It was a right. Boom. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Anyways. You looking that up? Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. It might just be the. You know what? Actually, the name of the show might just be the date that Kennedy was assassinated. So like November, whatever, 1963. But that's the thing oh, that you, that's man. will, that's what they can do with mm. movies like this is they can actually do a time travel movie. And no matter how they do it, there's going to be continuity issues. There's going right. to be eyes crossing. There's going to be debates all over the place because there's, there's just no way to actually, you know, solidify it to be exact what's going to happen because that you know that butterfly effect. No matter what you do in time travel, will have an effect. Um, I mean, mm. Infinity War tried to exp- not Infinity War. Um, Endgame. Endgame tried to do a better scientific explanation around that. Um, they can't, but they can't. <laughs> they um, can't. So the the 11, way twenty two sixty three. Yeah, I knew it was the date. That's what I thought. Yeah. 11, so yeah. So the the way they get around this is they go, it's time travel, and no one can define it. Right. To the exact. So guess what? Our way works. Whereas Back to the Future worked for the movie. Whereas the time travel and war and Endgame worked for it. This, this every movie, Doctor Who. Back to the know. Future never worked. I'm sorry. Back to the Future never worked. It, it, it's completely <laughs> negated. And like as soon as like the whole Einstein thing happens, within the first five minutes I, of that movie, just take everything and throw it out of the window. It, it, no, stop right there. I'm sorry, Lee. I know, I know you love those movies. I, I, know, I know they're listen, close talk, to your listen. heart. But that 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 the whole that I, I'm really, saying it, I'm saying it worked. I know for the, the, the issue. No, the, it didn't. No, it didn't no, even work for that movie. No, the. <laughs> The issue, the issue with that is they made the first movie and they're like, oh, here's one theory of time travel. And then afterwards, it they, it made it it did so well. They're like, let's make a second movie. And but they already made the ending that made zero sense. It's like we have to go into the future to change something that's about to happen. Like that's how you end this movie. That makes zero sense. So oh. the the point is that the, the the issue with they what they that they to their cre- you know what you know what though to their credit they didn't know they were gonna make the second movie. Exactly, but so, then they made I, it, and they were, and, and they they made it. Yeah, they made it. They just as much as I it, love. Hang on, didn't they make it like almost without what's his name because he was working on Roger Rabbit? Nope. Zemeckis. So, nope. No, no, I don't. I don't believe so. They made it. They they didn't make it without him, but he wasn't as involved. As he was yeah, because Roger Rabbit because was just was so much busier. Yes, look it up. Right. Okay, who framed um, Roger? I, who, I, he was he was he was working on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I know he was the director. He was working yeah, he, on um, Back to the Future too. I think well, I think two, two and three were done at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two and three were done at the same, yeah, time. same time. Christopher yeah. Lloyd's in both of them as well. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the point is that was that was a funny movie. We should do that. Roger Rabbit. I recently watched it. It's still oh, hilarious. Man. I oh haven't seen gosh. it in so many years. Anyways, Danny, let's get... Danny DeVito was the baby, right? Yes. 
Was he was he like yes. what was his name? Herm Baby Herman? Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um Anyway, anyway, no, but the whole point is back to the future's time travel theory doesn't make any sense because they're not consistent with it. No, they're 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 immediately inconsistent with it because the pat the point of Einstein, Einstein goes into the future for one minute. He's not he's not there. But yet when he shows back up, since he's not there, there's not two Einsteins. There's only there's one. Einsteins. So how come for, how come when when Marty goes into the future, there's two of him in the future? It should have been the future without him there because he was Pretty busy much. traveling. Pretty so that's much. the that's the biggest issue with that. But what then there was two of him in the future. When Marty goes into the future and, and back to the him. future too, there were two Martys. Yeah, there were two Martys. There were two, two Jennifers, Jennifers, two Docs, two. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, there's, the mean, older version. See there's the older version of him. Yes, yes but absolutely. Why, why, why is the, there only the, one the Einstein? Problem, the problem is, is that there's only one Einstein. There's always only one in the Einstein first movie. in the first movie. That's, right. that's right. like that, the big, like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the biggest issue. But, 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 the only one theory that I've held on to is, well, we're looking at one of the timelines. So... Mm, how are we looking at this? Like the whole thing is there's alternate the timeline timelines. There's multiple. Off into this alternate, like he goes, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, anyways, yeah. let's get back yeah. to Days of Future Past, shall we? We then get, and this is why I always thought that the timelines were moving simultaneously because of this scene right here. And uh, right, we then get this back and forth scene. And I'm sorry, this is just the road cut. We then get this back and forth scene where things are happening simultaneously. So in 1973, Eric is off to get his helmet so, you know, Charles can stay out. And he's making his way through this hallway with a couple of metal stress balls, and he just launches them at people. <laughs> like a couple of security guards, knocks out two of them. Then the metal balls are circling this one dude's head, and he's like, boink, right, on, right off the side of the temples. I don't know if he's knocked out or if he's dead. And in present day, in present day, Eric is on his way into the mansion to rescue rogue who's being held within cerebro but on their way out bobby is overcome by sentinels and he dies in a very fiery fashion it was actually pretty cool to, to watch like just him as like a block of ice just kind of being melted by the sentinels like breathing fire on him it was yeah it that was, was cool it was it wasn't it was pretty cool it was pretty cool yeah yeah, I completely forgot about the road cut until you mentioned it just a little bit ago. I'm like, that's the one we were supposed to originally do our podcast on. So this, so just so people know, we were supposed to do this movie like two years ago, yeah. and we just never did. Nope. We just never got around to it. Nope. Um, so, back in 1973, um, Charles' second attempt to use Cerebro actually works. And he starts hey. following Mystique around an airport, pleading with her not to kill Trask, but she's made up her mind. Almost immediately after she's made up her mind, though, she shows up at the mansion and has a very intimate moment with Hank. They laugh, they kiss, they talk about being beautiful, and Hank, for some reason, leaves her there by herself. I don't know why. It's completely lapsed in judgment. He's so stupid for doing this. We then find out why Mystique was there at the mansion in the first place, and her whole point was to destroy Cerebro. Well, the important bits that count anyway. She basically just destroys the helmet. Back in present day, Kitty Pride basically takes over. Kitty Pride, Kitty's powers are taken away by Rogue, and she basically takes over Logan's consciousness throughout the duration of the rest of the film. After Hank, Logan, and Charles discover that Mo that Mystique has destroyed Cerebro, Hank suddenly remembers that they're. 
I'm being. What is happening? <laughs> huh? I have no idea. You have. Oh, okay. You you are listening. After Hank Logan and Charles discovers that Masika destroys Cerebro, Hank suddenly remembers that there's some kind of public announcement that's going to happen tomorrow in DC regarding the whole mutant situation. I love we it. Didn't... Is this the part where he's like, uh, so I, yeah, I've I been monitoring all three yes. networks <laughs> and PBS. And, and Logan's and P- like, all oh, three, P- huh? He's like, he's all like three, yeah, huh? well, all well, three. Plus PBS. And PBS. <laughs> and PBS. <laughs> Yeah, and he got oh. this makeshift. He got this makeshift oh, recording setup going on inside of his his studio, where he's almost recording everything on reel to reel. And I looked it up because I could have sworn that Betamax existed in 1973, and I was oh, absolutely no. wrong. Wasn't invented yeah. until 75. Oh, really? That early? I thought it was. I thought it was like much later, if not like 80. 1975 was when Betamax was invented. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it existed before that, but like, I'm talking about like public consumption. Like, that's when they like went on market. Right, right. So there's no way that Hank would have had something like that. So he just he's basically just recording everything on reel to reel tape. Well, I mean, considering Charles Xavier has like a hover chair in 2023, which is like, uh, you know, next year, we don't have hover chairs like that. That it's basically just a piece of metal that you sit on and it just floats around without any type of propulsion system that makes any noise. But okay. Moving on. I would want one. (laughs) Uh, Dude, it's 2022, and I still don't have a hoverboard. No, you don't. We're seven years late. I'm really upset. Actually, I do have a hoverboard. It's it's tiny. It's about this big. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it does not hover. No, of course not. It just sits here on a a mirror. So Hank recorded some footage, and we find out the Trask is actually going to be at this big announcement that's going to happen in D.C. Ah, yes. We then get some, we, I mean, and, and again, very little dialogue happens on McAvoy's part, but Hank pretty much suggests maybe this is just the way things are supposed to be. Maybe this is just who Mystique is. We just got to yep. let this, Charles disagrees with this completely, and he basically, he's, he's overly optimistic all over again, so he's actually says the back line. now. Yep, and he and he repeats the line that he got from from Professor X, you know. Yeah, from the, yeah, from from himself. Yeah. Um, on the plane on the way to DC, Logan makes him promise that he's gonna find all of them, and he says, "I'll do the best that I can, and that'll be enough." Meanwhile, in present day, the Sentinels are closing in on everybody, and there's basically absolutely nowhere to run. Like this is going to be the final stand. Back in 1973, Charles is in a field in DC at the White House. And he's just scanning people's minds looking for Mystique. And I thought that the scene was really cool. It just shows the power of Charles Xavier in this. I thought it was phenomenal. He's Mm -hmm. looking through eyes. He's hearing thoughts. He's just completely scanning a cow to owning everybody. Okay. I love love Logan at this part when they're going through this, the, the, um, when they're walking through the security system and they just let him go through. And yeah, it doesn't glasses. go off because he's it doesn't go off, and he's awesome. like, he's like, wait a minute, what? Like, I'm not used to this. <laughs> that was that to have a small touch like that. It was really, I liked that a lot. I appreciated it. We then see Eric, who for some reason needs a baseball stadium. We don't really know why yet. I thought it was really cool, just the visual of the baseball stadium coming off of the ground and just like hovering in air, going somewhere, and just Magneto doing this is phenomenal it's awesome 
The Sentinels, for some reason, they start firing on humans in the Nixon administration, including Trask and Mystique, who's disguised as somebody, run for cover. Back in present day, the Sentinels find them. So the Sentinels, the Sentinels basically find everybody. They throw a ship at what the Sentinels are, like their thing, like their swarm that's coming towards them. Mm-hmm. And they explode the ship in spectacular fashion. Eric stops a bunch of shrapnel, but he can't stop one little piece that pierces him in the gut. So that, right. that's, that's tragic that that happened. The baseball stadium that Eric needed before is now surrounding the White House back in 1973. First of and- all, this dude is stronger than any Jedi. <laughs> he just moved a baseball stadium. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but this is nuts. Like, we saw him move the Golden Gate Bridge. Yep. And a baseball stadium. You remember yes. when he was struggling to move a satellite to, like, face a different direction? In, yeah. Yeah. No. Now he just moved an entire baseball stadium. On a whim. So he just on a whim. So <laughs> just like in, it's nothing. In, in X3, we find out that there are class of mutants. You know, you oh, class yeah. five. Class yeah. five. We, yeah. mm. Class five is the strongest. And the only one exactly. that he knows of is Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. So... Charles and him would be what? Class four? Yeah, I guess so. I thought so. that they were all class five. Like, Xavier, the only class five Magneto, that, the only class Jean five, Grey. Nope, the only class five that Magneto knows of is Jean Grey as Phoenix. Hmm. How She's, many chlorians is that? Well, she doesn't... Hang on, hang on, hang on. He doesn't know that. There's actually a mutant in camp with Magneto during that time who can sense other mutants and their powers. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where the whole class thing comes from, but I thought that they were all kind of on the same level. She's the well, most powerful. Maybe not. Okay, maybe not. Sure. Well, I I don't disagree with you there. That Jean Grey is the most powerful. Well, there's Wanda. Wanda's on a mutant. Oh, actually, this is interesting. Wanda's class five absolutely mutants. a mutant. What are you talking about? Uh. Wanda's a mutant. <laughs> um, no, so actually, the reality is class five mutants. Um, this might not be something that's part of everything there, but going back to actual like comic and everything examples, class five mutants. We've got Arclight, Astrid Bloom, Avalanche, Banshee, Berserker, Bishop, Cannonball, Colossus, Emma Frost, White Queen, Gambit, Hellion. There's tons of class fives. Gambit but, was class five. Uh, Gambit was class five. That's yeah. a weird one. Yeah. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Throw a card at somebody? <laughs> I know. Sebastian <laughs> Shaw was one. Wow. Okay. Shadowcat, Shinobi Shaw, uh, Siren, the Stepford Cuckoos. I don't know what that's all about. Okay. Um, but Magneto. Um, but no, actually, the highest one that I see here is a class six, um, which is Elixir, Iceman, Jean Grey, Storm, and Professor X. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but Iceman. Wow. Interesting. I would not put. I don't know. I wouldn't either. Well, that's, that's for some again, reason I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, no, not even. I wouldn't. We're basing it off of the in, movies. In terms of power, in terms of like power levels, I don't think I would put Professor X above Magneto. Mm. I put him equal to. Mm-hmm. I would put him equal to. I would. I would either put him equal to, or I would say Magneto is just a little bit stronger. Because if he, he got yeah. that helmet, oh yeah, it doesn't make him stronger. <laughs> it just. Keeps him out. Just it keeps just, it keeps him out. That's like the most important thing. That's right. the thing because the thing is Charles Xavier is is stronger than Magneto with his the helmet. helmet what he, no 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 without the helmet 
without the helmet, absolutely. With the helmet, yeah. But the, we're we're talking about classes. We're not talking about like you know All matchups right, with what they have for materials. That's like saying you know you you coming at me with a gun and I've got a shield. Well, like yeah. But if you came at me with a gun, I didn't have a shield. Well, then yeah, you're gonna shoot me. I'm dead. So we're not. I mean, or you know whatever it is. The point is, we're not talking about weapons or or protection. It's like just like man to man. You know, mutant to mutant. Basically, their powers against their powers. Charles Xavier is way beyond Magneto. The stuff that he can do. Yeah, I wouldn't say that either. Well, I would say they're about equal. So, Magneto can move metal where he can move minds, like beyond what a Jedi could do. What does it matter? I mean, there's a there's a scene in here where he basically. He basically pulls pulls an Obi Wan Kenobi where he's yes. like, "You don't need to see my identification," and no, he walks no, no, right I, through. I, I understand that. <laughs> I'm just saying, but like, that was okay, like that was like minimal face, compared to so what he does. In a face off, yes, Mac, uh, Xavier can control a whole bunch of minds. Say Xavier sends an army to take out Magneto. All Magneto uh-huh. has to do is take their weapons, and it's over. That's the end of that standoff. Magneto but, won. No, no, no. No, no. He sends an army of people who aren't wearing anything metal or using anything metal, and they all attacked him. They would rip him apart. The point is, enough people going after one man, if, they, if he has no power or anything like that, they would take him out. All Magneto would need is a coin. <laughs> If he had a coin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that ridiculous scene with Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. That that is the only thing that sticks out in that movie for me. Just like. like I'm just saying. Slow, I'm just saying. A coin. Oh, man. A necklace. Mm-hmm. Iron in your blood. Like that, <laughs> all of these things. Like, come on. I, I don't know. I know. I mean, think oh, about yeah. that. In first, it wasn't first class where he uses the necklace against like nine or ten guys who all have that weapons. That was Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. That was yeah. apocalypse. apocalypse. That necklace mm-hmm. just rips through. Rips through everybody. Everybody. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I have a really hard time swallowing that. I say they're but about the equal. thing is, I would Jean say Gray equal. though. But Jean Gray though is like different the two level. of them mixed. Different level. Yeah. Completely yeah. different she can, level. She can, she can do whatever she things. wants. Right. She can right. do absolutely whatever she wants. And that's I'm more kind valid. Of, I'm kind of hoping that the MCU. Does, does a better that portrayal sto- of that? Does a better portrayal of it, but uses Wanda instead of rehashing Jean Grey. Like, they don't yeah. need to reintroduce Jean Grey when they have Wanda. Right, right. They can just, they, they can do that storyline. It's there. They don't have mm-hmm. to do anything else. Well, that's, that's well, why they, they, brought, they brought in there. Like, she's not Phoenix. But she's True, a mutant. But, but she's she's a mutant, and the whole big thing that she has is chaos magic, which is basically she is, like, unbridled like she's got a lot of of power. Right, but but if they're going to reintroduce if they are going to introduce X-Men into the MCU to leave Jean Grey out and to leave Phoenix out would be an about to me it would be asinine. It'd be it'd be ridiculous. I think they could pull yeah. it off. I don't think they need Jean Grey. I don't think they need Jean Grey. I don't think they need the Phoenix. The same way I don't think they need Wolverine. I think they could do a lot of X-Men without those two characters. Well, they've already, I think if, they've I think already if they cut those characters well out so much right. with Jean Grey that it's just a bad taste in everybody's mouth. At this point, right. you already you already have Wanda. Just go ahead. Don't do anything else. I think the big thing that we're looking at here and we have to recognize is, is Fox Fox took these characters like, you know, Wolverine, Jean Grey and everything and just totally like milked them. 
to the point where we're looking back at somebody like Cyclops, for example, who got nothing. Yeah. Like they made him a total joke. Like when people sit there and rip on what they did to the Mandarin in Iron Man three, like that's what they did to, to Cyclops here. It was like, wow, what a slap in the face to people who liked it was bad. The, the, the X-Men. It was bad. It really another was reason, bad. Another reason like, and this more speaks to Wolverine. I don't want to see Wolverine pop up in the MCU because it's not it's not going to do anything positive. Everybody's just going to compare whoever they're going to cast to Hugh, um, Hugh Jackman. A cameo would be okay. A cameo, cameo prob- would be they, fine. I think they did say that they they probably will be doing that. A cameo would another. be fine. Anything over than that, like if they decide to recast Wolverine, I think that's a bad move. So I think let's let's go back to what Wolverine was in the original cartoon. He was a short, hairy guy, right? Yep. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, just imagine, just like, just like, just just like we talked about. Imagine Steve Buscemi no, no, no. as Willy Wonka. No, no, no. Let's imagine Danny DeVito as Wolverine. <laughs> no. Hey guys, with the little why, cigar in his mouth. Why, like. <laughs> why would you even put that image in anyone's mind? Just because it's late and I'm bored. <laughs> so 1973, Logan and Hank do what they can against Eric and the Sentinels that he's have turning on people, but it's absolutely pointless for them to even try. Um, Logan gets wrapped up in a whole bunch of wire and tossed into a lake, and that is no, the so, end sorry, of him. Sorry, wire? No, that's rebar. Rebar. He, is, he gets rebar and, like... And twisted, twisted and infused and sewn into his body. <laughs> yes. And then when, when he comes up, you go, oh, man, he was he was talking so much smack <laughs> <laughs> throughout this movie. And now he's right back where he started. Right but back even where worse, he started. But even and it was worse. almost like it was almost like the same pose from like X1 when they're right. on the train and he picks right. him up off the train and just launches him somewhere. And that's the end of him. Almost the exact same thing happened here. Only oh, he man. ends up at the bottom of a lake. I thought it was fantastic because Lee, you're absolutely right. He was talking all kinds of nonsense through this oh, film yeah. towards Eric. And when this happens, it was just like, oh, that's that's good stuff. That's good I will stuff. have to I will have to say. Michael Fassbender is a fantastic Magneto. Yes, he is. We've we have talked about how good James McAvoy is. We talked about how good so many other actors in this movie are. Um, Michael Fassbender did a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic job as Magneto. Yeah, he does. And when they when they introduced him in first class, you were just like, oh, so good, so good. I thought he I thought he was because he plays. Even in Apocalypse, he pl- he 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 pulls off that I really want to be a nice guy, but I can't. Like it's just not in me. Like right. Ugh. Well, in Apocalypse, he lost his family. You know what I mean. So it, it makes complete sense for him to become a bad guy. All well, a villain or a super villain all over again. I think it's phenomenal, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Michael Fassbender doesn't get the credit that he deserves for his portrayal as Magneto. Like everybody, oh, no, everybody overlooks him all the time because James McAvoy is so phenomenal, like as Xavier. Right. So it's, it's it's just one of those things, and it's unfortunate. But I do, I give him all the credit in the world. Like if they're going yeah. to do this whole thing with the MCU, like I'm like I so, would yeah, pick Fassbender they, over. <laughs> over but that's Ian the thing, Clinton though, for, is if if they if they bring in the MCU X Men, they could still use McAvoy and they could use the entire cast. 
They could. Of, they could. They could absolutely use they're, everybody. Because their, their age is perfect right now. It'd be Right. It'd be it would fine. all fit. Mm-hmm. So the Nixon administration and Trask down in the little bunker down there, uh, his toy starts going off. The, the alarm for his mutant <laughs> detecting system. And Masik is just about to be apprehended. But then right at the last minute, Eric pulls the bunker from underneath the ground, rips it through the White House doors, rips the side of the bunker off, and just takes everybody's guns, points them dead at them, turns the cameras around, and tells the public that he's giving them a glimpse of what his race can do. Oh, man. <laughs> Terrified. That is... Exactly. Oh, yeah. Now, here's exactly. the thing. Here's the My thing. My pants would be soiled. <laughs> here's the thing. I blame all of this on Trask. If trash, oh. if trash, oh, if yeah. trash didn't open his mouth, try to kidnap all these people, try to attack all the, just like in X three, if the government didn't try to come in and create this new cure, Magneto wouldn't. Mag, that's the thing is Magneto, he he's a bad guy, but he's not. He's he's not. He, he reacts to he wants to protect his kind. Yes. Outside of anyone attacking him, he leaves everybody alone all the time. He only reacts. He, he only, only reacts. reacts. Yeah, you're right. And I so to to sit there and say that I don't know in this movie. I think that's one of the most phenomenal things about the X Men franchise. Be it be it the movies, the comics, the, the the cartoons. You can debate endlessly about you know the the um the fundamental differences between Xavier and Magneto and. The thing is, like, you can take any side that you want to, and you're not going to be wrong. The only it time doesn't he matter. Is, the only time he truly is the bad guy is in the first X Men, when he is trying to change everybody into <clears throat> into mutants. mutants. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, in um, in in this movie, he's protecting himself in Apocalypse when he kills all those guys with the necklace. They just killed his wife and kid. And the, the thing uh, yeah. about Apocalypse is he was living a normal life. He was hanging yeah. out, you know, being out in the middle of the woods somewhere in Russia, just working hanging out, mm-hmm. working, working, working in an regular. iron shop, like a regular smegular job with a family and everything else. And they just, they come for him. Like, they went for him. Like, he was not and, the aggressor there. And even in first class. They he go, wasn't the aggressor there either. They, they went after nukes at them. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. So... In every except for X Men One, and even in X Men Three, you you think they portray him as the big bad, but he only went after them because of the cure. If it wasn't for the cure, he, he would have never left, have done anything. Would never have done anything. Right, right. He would have know. been he would have been satisfied playing chess in the park with Charles, like senior citizens do, and yes. he would have been fine. I know that we're supposed well, I know that you're supposed to like kind of side with Xavier on a lot of things just because of the way that his character is written. Like like that is clearly supposed to be like your archetypal hero, right? Right. I never saw him like that. I always saw him as kind of a naive character. Like he does not want to admit everything that's going on around him, whereas Magneto absolutely will. And I think it's fantastic. I just think the dichotomy between these two characters is fascinating to me. So I think the yeah. I think the bridge between them though is Logan because Logan would he sees both sides he would, he would see Logan sees, sees both sides he sees both sides yeah. and he he you know he sides with Xavier a lot but completely understands that's an emotional thing though you know what right. I mean 
That's yeah. a completely that's a complete emotional relationship. If right. Charles had never like saved him from himself, there's no he, way. Oh, there's no be, way that Logan would be, would be down Benito. for absolutely 100%. There's no way that he would be for this pacifistic lifestyle that, no, no, no. <laughs> that um that Xavier is, is is preaching. He would absolutely be out there fighting that fight. I believe well, that's that because he unlocked his mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he unlocked his mind. Um, one thing that I think we're, we're touching upon a lot is is just like what's going on in 73. But the thing is, there's still this meanwhile going on, you know, that we're seeing back and forth, whether or not it's completely linear and at the same time and consistent um, or consecutive parallel, whatever. Um, it's still this other stuff that's going on, which I think is amazing, is at this point, the Sentinels are coming in in droves. You yes. know, there's these, there's ships of them coming. Like, not not like, oh, here's like the seven of them or whatever standing on, you know, in front of the White House surrounded by a baseball stadium. No, 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 we're talking like ships of Sentinels. Here they come. And at one point, they even blow up the jet. You know, there's a Sentinel on a jet, blows that up. And they're they're like they're up and down the walls. Storm Storm gets totally just like ah through her chest. She's dead, done. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Dead. Oh, dude! Like th- there's like there's some crazy stuff going on here. Like and and this is not the rogue cut. This is just the regular. The regular. Like this yeah. is happening. Yeah. So it's like stuff's getting real. They're not just like hiding in in, in hopes that they can get this thing done. It's like the the clock is ticking for them. They need to get this done. And I like that. So, but again, I'm still kind of half and half with with Chuck's theory about it not happening at the same time. But then again, if it wasn't if it wasn't made to seem like it was happening at the same time, why would you shoot it that way? You still wouldn't get that same element of hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Time's running out. Not at all. I mean, think of it this way: What's going to um, promote that level of fear in an audience member? Well, anybody who's ever played Sonic the Hedgehog knows that sound. When you're down in the water, dude. You know, and you're like, ah, like we all know that, and that that was. When we were kids, that's like the scariest sound Dude, ever. You got it caused so much stress playing video games. Anxiety oh and just all types of, so, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Those water levels, I, like, man. I wouldn't oh play those god. water levels. I was petrified I of water bubble. levels. And maybe that's why I have a fear of drowning. And you're, it's and you're, because, you're, it's you're because of those games. You're at the bottom of some like ocean or whatever like that. And, and one of those water levels like frantically looking for a bubble. No, like it's you, ridiculous. No, you're, 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 you're swimming around in pink chemicals in the middle of a factory. And it's first of all. Let, let's let's like ignore the fact that you're you're swimming you're underwater going through these weird chemicals. I mean, I think of that, and all I think is, oh god, I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna do and it. And you know what? You know what makes it even uh, worse? The yeah. block elevators in those games move so oh. slow. Oh my They're god, they're the slowest they do. thing. Oh my god. Yeah. I'd say the two things I remember from my childhood as far as far as video games that annoyed me was Anxiety. that. But that was that was beyond that was not beyond annoyance. But that and how many times did you want to shoot that stupid dog in Duck Hunt when he laughs at you? Yes. You can't shoot him. You can't shoot the dog. <laughs> And then he goes away. I'm like, ah, he just I laughs hate at you. you. He just laughs at you. It's great. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. So, <laughs> while Magneto was talking to the public or the, or, or the world about, you know, a glimpse of what his people can do, he then sends a message to his mutant brothers and sisters that time to stop hiding, time to stop being ashamed, and it's time to stop living in fear. He wants everybody to come out and live their lives, which I think is just, it's Magneto. I love this character. I've Mutant always loved proud. that character. We'll go ahead. 
Mutant and proud. Mutant and proud. Absolutely 100%. President Nixon then steps forward, offering himself to be the sacrificial lamb, I guess. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah, take, uh-huh. if you if you're gonna set an example, if you're gonna take anybody out, let it be me. Send it, send out Tricky Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I am not a crook. Anyways, <laughs> I, oh, I'm not a mutant. Anyways, we find out that it's not really Nixon. It's of actually course. Mystique. And of while. But, you find, but dis- you find you find that out though before he even finds it out. The Sentinel yep. actually <laughs> views on it, and it shows two so, mutants in the field. And it's because right, right. So Hank is stuck in a truck somewhere or a car, getting ready to be just decimated by one of these Sentinels, <coughs> and he stabs himself with some magic serum to turn himself back into a quote unquote human again. And the Sentinel ignores him, and then sets his sights. Sentinel sets its sights on Magneto, which. I don't know why this is happening. I was under the impression that Magneto had control over the Sentinels. Yep. So why the Sentinel is all of a sudden coming after Magneto was beyond me. It, it, it just one more thing in this movie that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I really don't care. Um, <laughs> while Magneto was distracted by the Sentinel coming after him, Mystique is able to fire up a shot. Fire off a shot. Oof, shot. Fire <laughs> off a shot. <laughs> With a pl- plastic gun. Shooting Magneto in the neck. And he goes down. This is a great scene. Seeing it go oh, in yeah. and out. It was yeah. in and out of yeah. his neck. Right, it's right fantastic. Yeah, it was a good and shot. And he's like, he's, like, I'm, I'm, he's like, I thought you were a better shot than that. She's like, I am. Right. You know that she meant to do that to him. She completely right. meant to do that. She didn't want to kill him. Right. No. As soon as Magneto was down, she then turns her gun onto Trask. And that's where... Xavier appears kind of in the way, astral projection style, and he just begs her not to do this. Says we're well, not yeah, the enemy. He, he's like, don't he's make like us pin, the enemy. Pinned today. under, he's he's pinned under like staging. Yeah. So he's just sending himself he's, over there. He's sending himself over there, saying that don't make us the enemy today. We're not the enemy, and so far all you've done is save these men's lives. Mm-hmm. And she comes to her senses and drops the gun, and the Sentinels in present day vanish. Everything in the room vanishes. Well, I mean, wh- again, while that's happening, like we're seeing again, dun 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 yes. dun back and forth, going, so and we're seeing Sentinels... them like freak out. You even got like Stewart, who's just like hands up as like the flames are about right to come out of the before face. Before the flames are about to hit, old Xavier, everything in the room vanishes. Well, before yeah. that too is everybody else dies. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're all dead. Storm yeah. gets storm gets skewered. Yeah, um, they all Bishop uh, Bishop bites the <laughs> bites the big Magneto one. Magneto is on yeah. his way out. Done. Um, He's stabbed and bleeding out. Like it's just it's a dire situation here. But then the 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 savior of everything is just Magneto. Just Magneto. Mystique deciding that she's not going to kill Trask. Which Chuck, you're absolutely right. This makes zero sense in the way of time travel. <laughs> Nobody should have disappeared out of this room at this point in time. It should have happened way earlier in the movie. And the, the whole concept of... But then they of, wouldn't well, have had a movie. No, we wouldn't have had a movie. But it's just the whole concept of, well, Logan, when you wake up, everything you did will take hold. Well, Logan never woke up. It, he just kind of disappeared, and he's somewhere else now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I love yeah. how I love how when he comes back, it's all it's all hazy. 
you know, as if he was yep. coming in, it was, you know, as if it was like a dream sequence or something like that. He's and coming it, in. And it's playing the golden oldie, so he thinks he's back in the 70s still. First and time ever so, I saw uh, so your face. When I watched this again just now, Rogue wasn't in it all that much, except for in this scene. Except for this scene, yes. Except this. for this scene. So you see, that's why in the beginning when you were like, this starring Rogue, I mean, um, Anna Paquin, I was like, how is it starring Anna Paquin? But you watched the Rogue cut, so that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, so she's in it a lot more. Yeah. Right. yeah. So all of a sudden you see, you, you see Jean Grey. Great. She's now they back. They have to. See, that's the thing where I I lose it a little bit. Like, they have to do this thing where Logan wakes up and he walks through the school and he sees everybody and there's Jean Grey in a wonderful red dress off in the distance and like the sun is shining on her and it's just and he walks up <laughs> yeah, to her all and the he soft goes, lighting all yeah. the yeah <laughs> yeah all the soft lighting and he goes up to her and he's he's on the brink of of just tears and I was here, I I was almost I, waiting for that like record scratch like <laughs> and then <laughs> Scott's there. Scott's there and like... Uh, excuse me. Cause, cause, and, and he's like, because like Logan's that's kind of creepy. Like he's reaching out to like graze her face or something like that. And yeah. Scott grabs his hand like, hey bud, what, what's going on? Well, that's- and Logan, lo- Logan looks at him and just puts his hand on his shoulder. It's really good to see you, Scott. And Scott is completely freaked out by this. So it's, well, it's no, the, the, well, the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, he didn't say what's up, bud, or anything like that. He was just like, uh, Logan, what the heck do you think you're doing? <laughs> is basically what he said. Like... You know, just like before, it's like this is my wife. Like this is my yeah. Like so, dude, this is come on. so. This is where I, I will say this is where in butterfly effect when he went back with his conscious and then he came back to present day, mm-hmm. all the memories of what happened from that point on came with him. He remembered yes. everything, everything, in which this- makes which makes zero sense because he was he was a child. Uh, no, uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So in this movie, basically the same thing happened. His consciousness went back, and she says he will. He will be the only one that remember the only one, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that remembers yep. what happened in this timeline. Yes. Okay. So what? What? Sh- in my opinion, what should have happened is from 1973 on, he should have those memories, and he should have his memories from before. So he should have both type of memories if he would remember the original timeline mm-hmm. what doesn't make sense is xavier goes it worked okay it worked he knows he knows he knew he remembered so, he oh, knows no, everything no no no, 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 no he doesn't know everything no he doesn't know everything all he says is oh welcome back because yeah. he realizes this is the moment where you're coming back to your time. Like he, he only, he doesn't remember any of that stuff. He remembers he says, what he knew back in 73. He even says, we've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. And he's not, he, he knows, he knows his time that he's just spent for the past 40 years. He's not, or, you know, plus, um, he's not saying like, that's Oh yeah. The, no, 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 no. That's too. not the way the movie plays it. The movie plays it like he lost all that time. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is, yeah, Logan lost all that Logan time. Logan lost all of that time. So, like, from 1973 Absolutely. until the moment that he wakes up in 2000, whatever year, 2014, Absolutely. whatever year it is, Logan lost 50, <laughs> 40, 50 years. But he should like, have. ridiculous. He should have remembered He every- shouldn't have. He should remember. No, 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 no. Absolutely no, right. No, he, he remembered everything that he already knew from his timeline. From his right, timeline. Right, but when he comes back, the timeline, when he comes back, 
when he leaves 19 when his conscious right it, it leaves, should all come in like in butterfly effect where he's got two different he, sets right, of memories when he leaves 73 yeah, and well. comes into 23 mm-hmm. the logan that was there because he even pops up from an acid trip in in the movie <laughs> so when he pops out of it from that point on he should still have memories from that day in 1973 all the way up to present the he fact should. that he doesn't he should the fact that he doesn't to, to to Will's point, he he just he he has a memory a memory wipe of the last fifty years. Well, well, that's why that's why I like the theory that they put in with butterfly effect. Is remember every time he would wake up, he'd get like a crazy like you know rush of all these new memories and, and a get a bloody nose. nose. And, yeah, and it would yeah. cause brain injuries. Yeah, because he yes. was having flashbacks, new memories. The thing is though, and what and in butterfly effect, what was causing all the issues to his brain was he was having memory he had every memory from every timeline exactly exactly hang on hang on hang on there is an explanation here of the two of you were going off on this thing where you're bringing like the concept of conscious time traveling from butterfly effect into this and the way that i will explain this is perhaps perhaps logan's ability Mm -hmm. to heal is prohibiting him or his brain from like creating that many memories at once like it's like it would almost be like his body is treating it like a foreign entity, and it's like just not allowing it to happen because of his healing ability. So if it was, tr- if his, I was just gonna bring that up. If that was, if his healing ability was real, like if your, like if your mind is creating that would give him all more of those, capacity. If that your would, mind, that yeah, would exactly heal him would be, to, to, that would heal him to this timeline. F- yeah. no, but I'm saying mm-hmm. like, if you're if if creating 50, 40 years worth of memories in an instant. It's but going he, to it's going to have a negative effect on the brain. But he's Absolutely. not Logan's but he's healing not, ability. Logan's healing ability might just not let that happen. But, but he's here's not the creating his, his, fifty years of memories though. He's been there since nineteen seventy three. Teach and he's even been a teacher in the school as a history teacher for how long now? But he's his right. consciousness his consciousness hasn't. But the he, consciousness here's the thing. in the other timeline hasn't. And the that's con- what. But that's who he is now. He's no. He's 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 no longer the Wolverine that has been living. For forty years, he is the Wolverine that had the the the, the previous timeline. It's it, right. Think, you can't think of it as the same as the same Wolverine that's now a teacher. This is so, this is the old Wolverine who 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 lived through his life in in the first set of X Men films up to all the way from X one two and three and Logan and first and all all that good stuff. This is the Logan that we're looking at now, not this person that was a teacher. He's, I get that, that but, what, what, but but no, it's but here's the thing though is he's. The person that was there already has 50 years of history. So yes. he's coming into this. The, it should be both and. It's not one it or the other. It should, it should be, be both. both and. It should um, be both and, but it's not. Because I'm okay with the fact that he remembers the timeline before because he's the one who lived through it. I, I'm, yes. I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is the fact that as soon as he comes back, it's like he didn't exist for 50 years. Yeah. Well, to to him, it's like that. To him, it's like to, that. To everybody else, it was like he was on autopilot, like the movie Click. No. No, no, <laughs> no. No, it's not autopilot. Uh, right, 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 right. <clears throat> but here's, here's the thing. There's two things here. So, I mean, one of you was just saying that basically his brain, because of his regeneration, wouldn't allow me. him. Okay, so wouldn't allow him to go through that. There's a difference between him healing and him deflecting. He never deflected bullets. He no. just healed from them. He healed. So that's the difference. So I don't think that anything that's coming to do damage to uh-huh. him, 
you know, like new memories in the brain that's going to expand, like blah, 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 whatever. I don't think they would be deflected as much as they would just like, oh, expand and then heal. So I think he would be his brain would be open to take the new memories on top of the memories that he already had. The other thing that I could say, too, is let's go back to the same thing. I know I mentioned Eric Stoltz and made a joke about it earlier, but it's a very valid point. Back to the future. Marty goes back to his regular time, present time, 1985. I know this is not consciousness time travel, but we're talking about time travel. His entire life, everything he knew is very different because his parents were very different people and he lived a very different life. It's the same type of thing. So he goes back. He knows what he knows, but they know a whole different life, a life that he never witnessed. And that's why Eric Stoltz was so sad. And that's why they canned him and got Marty McFly or got Michael J. Fox Fox Farks. <laughs> um, but the thing is, again, we're talking time travel, whether it's consciousness, whether it's physically traveling in a ship or something. We're going to have these discrepancies no matter what, because none of it's ever going to match up. None of it's going to make sense. So I think the theory here makes more sense, except for the fact that they didn't say, well, you'll eventually get these memories, too. They'll flood. They'll make their way if, to like slowly trickle th in. That would have been I would have been perfectly OK with that if there was a. If, if there was a line, if there Did was a line, a, if, there, if he was having the conversation <laughs> with Xavier and Xavier was like, welcome back. As we're talking, you're going to start, you know, something along those lines. You're going to start mm. remembering these things. Fine. I'm OK with. That. Yeah, it would. That would make because they would have given that one thing or like, even or even if if Xavier sat him down and kind of put the whammy on him. Like, here's your memories. Yeah. Like, here you go, bud. Yeah, like, that would have been great. Right. Anything. Right. But, yeah, or or just a simple line like, "Remember that time we gave you these adamantium claws back?" You know, just anything to to fill in that those gaps would make anybody feel better, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh huh. I'm <laughs> sure. sorry, but a physical a physical feature like that needs to be explained, not the, something going on in his head that we what, don't know. <laughs> what I told you though is accurate, though. In the comic books, the adamantium is actually infused into his skeletal structure that when he heals back it heals back shortly after the bones do and it becomes part of it again i don't that see is how in his the mutation i don't see how his mutation affects a foreign object because it because it, it adamantium got in, is foreign to his body it's not the, part of his dna in the comic books though it actually becomes part of it his body heals to it and it becomes part of it and in the comics mm -hmm. the same thing happens it breaks off his claws grow back, and they grow back as animatium claws every time it happens in the comics. That actually, that actually makes a lot of sense because that's what's killing him in Logan. Uh huh. Uh. That's. But what I'm trying to say is that's exact. If you look it up now, do I agree that in the movies they did a poor job at explaining that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a really poor they did job. A at poor that. job explaining that. But that when you look at the comics, though. That's exactly how. That's what I said at the beginning. Brian Singer actually, it actually, actually in an interview because he was asked a bunch of times why, and he goes in the comics. This is what happens. He just doesn't allude to it in the movies. Mm -hmm. So shame on him, in my opinion, for not doing that. Um, but a simple and to your point in the movies, as for those of us who don't read all the comic books and don't know all of that stuff, would have been helpful. Just like in this part, a simple line would have made up for this 50-year gap. Yeah. 
that. I think it's even more frustrating for me because he's literally sitting there with the one person in the world that can help him. And right. in there's every very way, little. In, in there's every, very little. Right. In every right. way. But they but they leave yeah. that open. They leave that open for it's like, hey, now let's take this trip down memory lane. Oh, of course. But, the only, but, but he says, like, what's the last thing you remember? It's like uh, drowning. Yeah. You know. And then it cuts over there. Speaking and of then that, he gets, speaking of that, yeah, Logan gets rescued from the bottom of this lake, and he is miraculously still alive. Big whoop! And Stryker is there, who decides to take him. But it's not Stryker; it is Mystique, and we know this because of the eyes, the eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, huh. I don't know where that was supposed to go. Neither do I. Like why and what and how? Why? Never mind the fact that when he got pulled up, did you notice that the rebar? was coming out, like, coming out of him. It just yeah, fell off of him yeah. in chunks. So I'm wondering what it makes happened me there. Think like, that it makes me think that he's been down there for years, and it just rusted away. That's, that's, that, that's the only explanation that I can come up with of why <laughs> it's just falling uh, off of his body. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so the thing is, let's think about his healing process. So healing... If, if there's something that's stuck inside of you like that and you heal, it would just be in this perpetual state of trying to heal, trying to heal, trying to heal, trying to heal. It wouldn't just cut it off, you know, and it's like, oh, well, then this will dissolve somewhere in his body and the, huh. and the, and the other ends of it would just cut off. I'm going to throw one more wrench into the middle of all of this for you guys. <clears throat> of course you will. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason why Mystique is... Stryker in this is because if you notice prior to Stryker kind of looks at everything and goes, you know what? I'm done. And walks away from everything. Walks away from everything. Wants nothing to do with it from this point on. So for the next 50 years, everything that happened to Wolverine never happened. So 50 years into the present, until we come back to the present now, he should not, should not have an animantium skeleton at all whatsoever because Stryker never took him in the first place. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, but but Logan. <laughs> but Logan. But Logan. But Logan. I know. I, I know. But Apocalypse. Know. But uh, all of it. It's like he should have bone claws for the rest of his life. <clears throat> Wait, was he in Apocalypse? For a, another cameo for a little bit. Yeah, for a cameo. Oh, okay. I don't. Oh, oh, you're right. That's when he. Sh- that's when they catch him right they, after they, he they, was. He, yeah. Right after. Gene, yeah, yeah. Gene rescues him and releases him. That was kind of cool. So if that's yeah. the, so so. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. so how so how? <laughs> Sorry for the wrench. I, I but don't. How? I mean, I don't. So, I know. And this isn't because I'm trying to make sense of it. I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that Stryker walks away. Totally different timeline. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that he. I don't necessarily believe that he walks away because of his son. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Jason. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that. Like you, the you president still have that thing. talks to Even him about if, his son, and he he's like, yeah, he's great. He doesn't he's have lying. Him. You see the change in. At first, he's that way, and then all of a sudden, you see this change, which is so, why they had to have Mystique play you him still ha- to so take even, him. Even if what you're saying is true. So in 1973, if Stryker says, you know what? Peace out, everybody. So let's say that he leaves for however many years. And then all of a sudden, his son starts manifesting a, a lot of different like tra- traits. Obviously, right. he would still go to Xavier. 
he would still Xavier would still fail and Xavier and uh-huh. he would still feel very slighted by the entire thing and his whole you yeah. know, crusade against mutants would still happen. Yeah, it could. Like all and of that still all of that's still possible. Yeah. Like if you want to say like he retires for a couple of years and he just wants to go live a normal life, fine. But like at, at, at around the age of like puberty, when like you know kids start to develop and everything like that, and then you, all of a sudden you have Jason pulling the shenanigans in the house. Hey, all right. Oh, I know a guy that might be able to help us. And Xavier fails at that. Then all of a sudden the crusade is right back on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Check <sighs> me. Anyways. <laughs> I had to. Anyways, yeah, that's basically the end of the movie. What <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that, that, was your, that was your that was your victory bell. <laughs> was that a bell? Do you have a okay or why do you yeah. have a bell? I used to work at a bank. <laughs> do you just have a bell hanging out on your desk? <laughs> yeah, it's the only sound effect I have readily available. Have you seen his basement? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> He's got, oh, no, items, you haven't. He's got, no, you he's haven't. got <laughs> items from 1982 no, still sitting I, down no, there. Oh, I know he does. I know he has a whole lot of memorabilia. It's just memorabilia is one thing, but a bell, like a random bell. Okay. I uh, did. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. We're done. We're done with this movie. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. This I'm movie, glad we finally movie, did it. This movie. Uh, Overall, I love this movie, but this movie frustrates me in so many ways. The Dude, franchise any, frustrates any, me. It's not just the time travel. It's not just the time travel. It's the time travel. It's the continuity errors that that, right. that that are going on all over the place within the franchise. I maintain right. each one of these movies, like alone inside of their own little bubble, are fantastic. Right. When you start trying to string everything together... You're gonna go cross-eyed when you start right. trying to make sense of the time travel that's going on in this movie. You're gonna go well, cross-eyed like if anything you look, else. If so, you look, if you look up on online to see how to watch it, it says start with first class, then go here, then go here. There, there, you. This movie, nope. Just get rid of everything else before first class. Just get rid of it all. Doesn't matter. Never happened. I would never. Say that. It. Jean Grey mm, did not well, die. Right. No, she didn't. Scott did not die. No. Right. Hank found the cure because he used so much of his stuff at once and he became human. Now he's not dead. He's just not a mutant anymore. All of these things happened in this movie that totally eradicated and just completely destroyed the first three movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but the, the Striker storyline mm. in X2 is so f- It's awesome. I can't. It's a fa- I can't, oh, no, I love the storyline. I but, can't just throw that out and say, you know, getting rid of it. Nah, I'm not on board with this one at all, man. Well, hey, that's <laughs> just, that's the same thing as as people who hate the le- the Star Wars Legends books. I mean, they hate them. They're like, well, that's not canon. I mean, it's like, but they're still good stories, you know. But that's why they say, well, this is not canon. So I think maybe they need to be released somewhere and say, hey, which X Men movies are not canon? And it's they're probably going to be a big canon. chunk of them. <laughs> They're all yeah, canon. but they they are, but they don't match up, and that's where we're running to the issue here. There's, now, this there's movie, too many inconsistencies. Like Will is saying, though, this movie by itself as a movie, fantastic, loved it. fantastic movie, right. loved it, loved it, loved it. The action, it's was the great. continuity areas, the 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 portrayal of even having the younger and older versions of them together in one movie was fantastic. Having mm-hmm. the portrayal of all of them. The acting, the level of acting between Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy was, you know, outstanding. Um, I I loved the whole thing. Um, Just when you look at the whole 
universe together, that's when it starts to frustrate me. That's when Absolutely. I get frustrated. Absolutely. Yep. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering like now, and we can get a little bit into this now, like that we know that they're beginning, you know, the first stages of writing the X-Men into the MCU with the Illuminati, with obviously, you know, a version of Professor X who is going to be there with the introduction of the TVA, the opportunity on the table to fix a lot of this is is there. The so, TVA better be in Multiverse of Madness. It if has it's to not, be. It has what would be the be. point? What would be the point if it's it not? It has to be. It's, a whole, it's, it's one of the only reasons why I even suggested talking about this movie is because the we knew that the X-Men were going to be written in and the time variant authority is now a thing. So I just I don't know. I'm overly optimistic that a lot of this will be fixed. I just I just am. I hope all of my I hope all of the issues that we brought up during this podcast gets answered. Lee, I hope your bone claw debacle will get resolved at some point. I'm I'm just I'm very hopeful for the if future they, of of what they, this franchise is going to be. If they fix anything, they need to fix Fantastic Four first. Fix that before they fix anything else. Yeah, well, I mean, they've already dropped the whole Reed Richards thing. I mean, all of us, all of us know that WandaVision, they were referring to Reed Richards. There's not a oh, question about oh, it. Oh, yeah, with the... With the but um, they, I, know a, I know an aerospace engineer. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely Reed Richards, and they totally just, like, you know, went nowhere all over it. all of they us. Never, so, they never introduced anybody. It was some no, rando that just delivered it. Right, exactly. And let me be so clear. We know, let me be clear. We know you in. and I, when you and I covered WandaVision, yes, that was our first thought. But there are others as well. Hank McCoy is a possibility, and I said it then. I'll say it now. If you're going to say that Reed Richards is a possibility, you know, Von Doom is another possibility for that yeah, person. That's to, true. It's it's it, it, it's one of it's somebody. It's somebody. It's not the random soldier who drove the truck to deliver <laughs> this vehicle. Yeah. Cause they could have just like, left right. that whole, so- that whole line out of that, out of that yes, show. They and just had it delivered. They could have. Look, look what we they, got. They introduced a lot in, in, in WandaVision that they have to pay forward. So I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong for feeling that way. Maybe my dreams will be crushed, but I'm hopeful. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm done for the night. Yeah. You guys done? Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, well, it's been fun. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one, guys.